What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode 172 of the Taste Cast, the best goddamn video game podcast on the internet. My name's Seth. Joining me today is Chevy. On my left, your right, Chevy. We got a lot of things going on this week, personally, yeah. and we'll talk about it in a sec, but hopefully you're excited to uh, talk about all the topics we got for this long episode, and uh, are you excited for our vacation coming up? I'm definitely excited for the vacation. Uh, doing last minute, obviously, uh prep to get on the, the, the plane and go, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm not, uh, you kind of briefly filled me in on, on what we're covering, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on what we're getting into. So a lot, yeah. it's going to be a big taste cast. But, we got a lot to cover. Uh, yeah. We'll see if I have opinions or not on them. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned already though, we are going on vacation. Both of us, we're leaving, uh, going somewhere. Um, we will be gone for a week. So, um, I do, um, plan on releasing videos while we are gone, but it's going to be uh, more difficult than typical. And uh, I might be filming these episodes on my phone. Uh, in prior years, I've brought like cameras with me, but I'm trying to go minimal this year. So um, if a video does come out, uh, which I plan to do that, and the quality's not as good as uh, how we normally do, uh, you guys understand. But uh, but yeah, we're going to still try and put out some content while we are gone. Uh, also, a quick reminder that uh, right now is the time you guys can vote for the game of the month in October. It's your guys' pick. All you have to do is vote one time this month on any video that comes out this month. So on this video right now, if there's a game, doesn't matter. Just type it in. Type in GOTM. Uh, whatever game you want, it's going to get put on a list. On that list uh, at the end of the month, uh, we're going to essentially pick a random number. And uh, whatever you guys have picked go through them, eliminate them, and uh, get a winner and two runner-ups. And, yeah, we'll be playing what you guys pick in October. So, uh, to shorten it up, just type in a game you want us to play in the comments, and that's good enough. You only got to vote once, and, uh, yeah, we're doing it simple this year. Um, is there any other reminders? Uh, Need for Speed, Heat, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Toem are our games for PlayStation Plus. We'll be playing those and uh, talking about them on Plus Club at the end of the month. And then our game of the month randomly picked is The Last of Us Part 2, uh, which we will play when we get back because I'm not going to start that now. <laughs> we got to go. We got to get the fuck out of here soon. So, yeah, that's everything. But it is the first taste cast of the month. So with that, we got to talk about game releases. And we have moved into September. And so we got games to talk about. We're going to go through the list and talk about if we're hyped for any of these games or not hyped for any of them. It's a pretty big list. Um, so let's just get through it. So on uh, September 2nd, uh, we had The Last of Us Part 1 come out for PS5. September 2nd as well, Lego Brawls on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC. Uh, September 5th, we got... Is that 5th or 6th? 6th. Uh, Temtem, uh, PS5, Xbox Series... Switch and PC. Then on September 8th, we got Steel Rising, PS5, Xbox Series, PC. On September 8th as well, we got White Day, a labyrinth named School. Great name. Uh, PS5, Xbox Series, PC. And then on the 9th of September, we got Splatoon 3, which has been getting reviewed very well. On Switch, no big surprise. Uh, let's see, September 15th, we got Metal Hellsinger. Which I think it's that first-person shooter that has like metal music playing. I don't remember. Uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. No Switch, sadly. Uh, also, on the 15th, Wayward Strand on Switch. Then on the 19th, we got Return to Monkey Island on Switch and PC. On the 20th, we got Hard Space Shipbreaker, PS5, Xbox Series. Then on the 21st, we got Outbe- the Outbound Ghost on PC. On the 22nd, we got Potion Permit, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC. 
Also on the 22nd, we got the Diofield Chronicle, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC. Also on the 22nd as well, we got Slime Rancher 2 on Xbox Series and PC. Interesting, that's not coming out on anything else. Uh, 23rd, we got Shovel Knight Dig coming out on Switch and PC. Also interesting, it's only coming out on those two things. Uh, 27th, we got The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero, PS4, Switch, and PC. Then on the 27th, we got Tunic coming to PS4 and PS5. Grounded comes out on the 27th. Uh, I assume that's an official release, maybe a 1.0. Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. I might have to come back and check that out. I guess I'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, 27th, we got Hoko Life, or Hoko Life. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. 27th as well, we got Life is Strange Remastered Collection on Switch. Then on the 29th, we got Valkyrie Asylum, or Elysium, uh, coming out PS4, PS5. Oh, I didn't know that was coming out so soon. Uh, Valkyrie Profile, Lenith, coming out on PS4 and PS5 on the 29th. Then on the 29th as well, Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous, PS4, Xbox One, and uh, Switch. And then Moonbreaker, also on the 29th on PC. And last but not least, My Little Pony, a Merit- maritime Merit- bay bay adventure <laughs> on the 30th uh for ps5 and xbox series chevy what is calling out to you in september it's um, a big list and a big not list. a whole lot of big hitters uh i assume temtem hit version one then yeah okay uh probably a good time to go revisit it then and it's still on our game of the month list so i've just kind of been waiting oh for yeah, it yeah, to yeah. Hold. that makes sense that makes sense i'll probably hold off then yeah um plus it's a you know, basically a games of service game anyway, so. Yeah. Um, I've always had, like, an interest in Splatoon, but I just, like, never pulled the trigger on that, so. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Uh, maybe Splatoon 3 will do that for me, because I watched people play Splatoon 2, and it looked fun, and it had, like, co-op modes and stuff, so I don't know why I didn't just get it, but. I always look at it, and it looks, it just looks like a shooter, but, like, you know, family-friendly, which I can respect, but it's not, like, enough to, it doesn't look like it has enough going on with it to make me choose that over you know just a shooter or whatever but i know you can like swim in the paint and stuff like that but well there's a ton of different weapons too and they all have their different perks yeah. and advantages disadvantages and stuff but so. uh but the amount of just positive feedback i hear about that game just makes me go like i should try it yeah at least because like i don't know anybody who doesn't like you know dislikes that game i've seen like four or five people already stream it too really so, yeah um i didn't watch them but i saw that they were streaming it um let's see uh, Deal Field Chronicle probably pick up. That's uh, tactical RPG, one of Square's releases. Um, I heard positive things uh, from people who played the like an early build or the demo or something like that. So I'll probably pick that one up. Um, I just have to make myself play it because I'm really bad about sitting down and playing anything. Um, Valkyrie Elysium and Valkyrie Profile Valkyrie Profile Lenith. Um, Lenith I know is the older one. I'm pretty sure is yeah, Elysium the new one. Is. Yeah. I think those are getting released on PC in November, so I might wait. Oh, interesting. Um, I That's need to look in. a small into delay. Yeah. Like between the two. Um, if they're going to come to PC, I might just wait. Um, otherwise, I'll just pick them up um, when I'm ready to play them, but I do want to play those, so... Uh, I think that's about it for me. I have an interest in Slime Rancher 2, but I didn't even play the first one. I don't know if it's like necessary to play or if it's just going to be... Uh, I think it'll probably be separate. And then, like, is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse? You know, so I'm, I'm kind of keep my ears on that one, but I don't yeah. know if I'll necessarily buy it day one. So, yeah. Um, man. Okay. So, The Last of Us Part One, uh, everybody knows I'm a big fan of Last of Us. I haven't picked this up yet because I've been kind of prepping for our vacation coming up. Yeah. So, I was like, I'm not going to have time to play that yet. I'll do it after. So, I have 
100% intentions of picking that game up. Um, from what I've seen, it looks great, and I love the original, so I really want to play it. Um, let's see, Temtem. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play it like right now, but uh, I am stoked that it's like released, and I already own it, so because I got it early access, so we will play that when it gets pulled for Game of the Month, or I'll play it at some point. Steel Rising, I have a slight curiosity with. Um, I thought it looked really good, um, but since it had a beta, I guess, some people said it's like, no one said it's bad, but they're all like a lot of people are saying like, eh, it's okay, it's pretty cool, but it's you know it's kind of okay. So gotcha. um, I might wait on it, but I also want to try it. So we'll see. Splatoon three, kind of already said what I thought on that. Uh, I would like to try it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. All of them. Um, I just uh, every time I look at it, it doesn't have enough visually to pull me to play it. So I feel like it's one of those games you just gotta play to know. Um, Let's see. There's other things. Uh, Shovel Knight Dig. I uh, have a curiosity with just because I like Shovel Knight. Uh, Slime Rancher 2. I'm in the exact same boat. I never played the first one. I probably should have, but I didn't. And now like, I'm like, should I just play this one? Is it like a newer, better version of the last one? Or should I have played the first one? I'm asking you guys in the comments. Like, Let me know, please. Um, and yeah, I, I'm curious about it, though. Uh, Grounded, I played when it first came out in early access, and I thought it was a really cool, neat idea that was absolutely not finished yet. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to wait till they like are done with this game to play it again. Apparently, they will be done with it this month. So um, it will probably be a good time to go back and try it out because everyone knows I'm a sucker for survival games. And the idea of being shrunk down in like your backyard is a really cool idea. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I want to try that out again. I will not be picking up life is strange remastered collection, uh, Valkyrie, uh, Elysium. I don't know if I have the time to play it, but I want to play it because square Enix, uh, recently has been showing all these different games that they're coming out with and they all, uh, base minimum seem like games. I at least want to play. Yeah. Sucks because I'm like those, all those (laughs) games are 40 hours at the least, at least. So I don't got the time to be playing all these games, but you know, good, good for square Enix for starting to release shit where I'm like, that looks like something I want to play. I mean, Valkyrie Elysium last time we saw it, like the combat, uh, you know, looked kind of expected and where JRPGs are right now, but it looked competent and fun. And the graphics were a lot better the second time we saw it. Um, as opposed to the first time. Um, I think that's it. I think that's everything. So, yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Well, let us know in the comments what games are you guys picking up in September. What games have you picked up in September? What games would you recommend? Are there something on this list that we skipped over that you're like, you should definitely look into that? Or is it something that's not on the list that you guys are like? But also, you should check this shit out because uh, it's not on that list. Let us know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. All right. Let's jump into what we've been playing. How about you start us off this time, Chevy? All Let right. me rest my vocal cords. All right. Um, I'll try to drag it out then because I've not played a whole lot. Um, I played uh, Final Fantasy XIV. The new raid came out. Mm-hmm. We finally got together and uh, got to put about an hour and a half into it, uh, which was great. I love going in the new fights because obviously it, they're, you know, challenging but also like it's almost like puzzle solving and you like slowly like oh we figured that one out okay let's move forward a little more um and we're not like you know progging it without um the info but a lot of us uh we're kind of like what we'll end up doing is we'll just go against it and when we get stuck we go okay let's let's see what the strategies are for this then but otherwise we try to just kind of play um at first 
so it's kind of a hybrid of, of looking up stuff and not looking up stuff. Um, we don't have the time to just purely not look up stuff. So, mm. um, but it's been fun. Uh, it's very position heavy, this fight. So people have to be in the right place, like right now or else they die. And then that puts a lot of pressure on the healers and things happen like rapid fire in this fight. So I don't really have a lot of time to get them on their feet, get them healed while also paying attention to where the fuck I'm standing and stuff. So um, it's, you know, just the growing pains every time you go through a new fight. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope while I'm gone, they run. So they can carry me next weekend, but <laughs> that'd be nice. No, uh, just the practice would be good. And then, you know, if they get further, they can catch me up on that. Um, yeah, let's see. They also, they added uh, Island Sanctuary, which I've been kind of dabbling in. I haven't really played a lot, um, this week, mostly cause I've been mentally not here. Like, you know, you'd said mm-hmm. we're, we're heading out. So my brain's yeah, I'm kind sure of in there. Go. I've been mostly watching anime just cause it's something I don't have to really think about too much um and uh but that's kind of neat because it's basically like a uh slow life easy living type of game you know like your harvest moons your animal crossing stuff like that um it's very bare bones because it's just you know freshly implemented um but you basically you go out you have this whole island you can explore you can you know hit rocks take down trees you know uh, bushes minerals stuff like that there's uh wildlife life everywhere you get a net and you try to catch them effectively like pokemon um and then they once you build a um what's that called where they can graze an area where they can graze i'll just say that i can't think of the word right now grazing area um they have like these uh you can go you can go pet them you can feed them yada 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 they have a happiness and a hunger meter um, and then they'll produce product every once in a while. So if you have like a sheep, for example, you have a chance for wool, yada, yada, yada. You can take those things, craft other things, sell them for a specific currency that is tied to that, buy rewards like hairstyles, emotes, uh, minions, stuff like that, uh, mostly cosmetic stuff. Uh, and it's been pretty cool. Uh, I really hope they go aggressive on adding stuff to it because there's a lot of people who are done already, but, uh, that's not surprising. Those are the same people who kind of know life the game. Yep. So versus, you know, I try to take breaks from time to time because I don't want to just, I don't want to get burnt out in the game I love. So um, I uh, I take breaks pretty frequently these days. I hop in, I'll do like the story stuff real quick because I don't want to um, burn my, or get it spoiled for me on Twitter or TikTok, mm-hmm. especially TikTok. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad time there. Yeah. Well, because I'm not blaming the people, though they should put spoiler warnings in front of the stuff. But TikTok will literally be like, you like this kind of stuff and just mm-hmm. throw that at you. And it doesn't know that, like, it's showing me something I don't want to see yet. So, Yeah, I remember you, you were telling me um, that somebody will just, like, instantly, like, at the beginning of the video, just start showing something that's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. I've seen that as well. Um, I forgot what game had just come out. But like, as soon as the video started, somebody's like, this is the end of blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just like started playing. I'm like, whoa. And I was like, not only am I not going to say I'm not interested in this, I'm sure I'm blocking this person. Yeah. Like, if, you can't, if you can't give people, me like yeah. a legitimate, like spoiler warning at the very least, I never want to see your content again. Yeah. It's wild. Cause like I'll run to some people just kind of talk more in like the anime sphere. Cause I get a lot of that on my TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one piece manga is always a little bit ahead. And so, like, this event has happened 
to the main character, I'm going to keep it real vague uh, for multiple reasons. You know, you guys might not be anime fans and spoilers, obviously. Um, Speaking of anime, we got a brand new review for the end of season two of Demon Slayer over on Tasty Flicks. Go check it out. It's like an hour long conversation. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but that thing that happened, you know, is it is is visual on top of also like story wise. And I swipe up and instantly that image is right there. And I was like, I wanted to see that animated. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. um, I'll still get to see it, but the surprise is gone now, which kind of sucks. Um, so same thing yeah, here that. with Final Fantasy. I, I like I will not be able to handle if I get spoiled on it. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, I need to do this now. So um, yeah, luckily there's not a lot of things coming out lately where I'm like worried about spoilers at the end. But like, um, yeah, I remember like when The Last of Us Part Two came out, or like The Last God of War came out. I was like, I got to beat this right now because uh, the longer I wait, the longer somebody's just gonna post some shit like this is the end oh, for sure so yeah it's it's uh that shit's really annoying it is so i uh i'm trying to avoid that um yeah other than that yeah doing the island sanctuary thing doing the raid thing i uh, kind of started leveling my crafters a little bit because i'm getting sick of asking people to um like craft stuff for me or like put materia in for me so i don't have to pay the vendor to do it plus the vendor won't there's a thing called over melding. So like if you have a piece of gear that's crafted and it has two material slots, you can technically put three more past that. It's called an overmeld. Hmm. Uh, but the NPC can't do that. Only crafters can. And I, oh. and I don't want to have to bother people all the time. So it's like, I'll just, I'll just level one. <laughs> like, yeah. So I had them all at 80 anyway. So I went ahead and I got one of them to 90 just to unlock the ability to do as such. So, yeah, depending on people to do things like that kind of sucks because like it's not the, it's not even remotely the same thing. But like um, in ESO, uh, there's gear that can only be crafted, mm. and so uh, when I was like looking into trying to make a build one time, they're like, "You got to have all this stuff, but it can only be crafted. So you need to find a guild and join it and ask somebody, or find a guild vendor um, because in the game, like, there's no like." Um, like uh, auction house, there's just like these vendor stations that you can rent out as a guild, and you gotta just hope they have it. And like, obviously, I'm not asking people, but I don't want to. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So, just kind of reminds me of that, like yeah. not wanting to bother people or. Why well, don't like to yeah. get to get content or gear or whatever? Yeah, I'm I'm really bad. I don't really like being dependent on people. So yeah. Um. So I went ahead and I leveled once to have access to that. Plus, being able to like you know, repair all my own gear and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I just want to make sure I had that. And then, uh, I need to, I want to level my, I think my cooking next because you need, you need food to raid. And, uh, we have a couple guys, uh, Chris and scream who max out all their crafters and they do all the, the free company crafting. Guys. Um, I do my part to like collect materials so they don't have to like spend as much of their own time doing that for everyone. But, uh, it would be nice if I could just do it myself. So I've been trying to put in a little bit of time into that. And we'll see how uh, invested I am in that because uh, I can only really craft if I'm mentally in the mood for it because it is very monotonous. So, yeah. yeah. Have I done anything else in 14? I think that pretty much does it. Um, I have not been playing very hardcore lately. Um, I think it's mostly because of the other game I've been playing has been like crack cocaine for me mm-hmm. uh which is uh arc survival evolved i've been playing that a shit ton like every day almost uh 
been playing that with Chris and Scream, and sometimes now Josh, though not necessarily with him, but he's existing in the world somewhere. I see him on there sometimes, <laughs> then I'll start up a game, then he hits me up, he's like, can I play? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's like he's just kind of like there to take up time, I, and then he... If you're watching this, Josh, you are more than welcome to play it with us if you want to. You don't have to play solo. I do know that if Seth were to hop on, you would be more inclined probably to play with him, um, but you know, don't be bashful. <laughs> yeah, dude, don't be shy. Don't be shy, dude. Um, but I also get like wanting to do your own thing because we've already been in the server and a little more established at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been having a blast with that though. We're probably like, I don't know how, like a little less than halfway through the progression of the game at this point. Uh, have pretty reliable electricity at this point. Not enough for me to keep it on at all times and build like refrigerators and stuff, but. Uh, I think we could. So you're living like Californians right now. Well, I worked my way up. I didn't work my way down. So, That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, so we uh, we got that going pretty good. We're trying to catch like very hype, like specific dinosaurs right now for like uh, different tasks and stuff. Like we have barely done any underwater content, so we're trying to get some. Yeah, I'm curious about that shit. Because uh, I hate being underwater, but they have all these like mechanics and stuff you can do underwater. I'm like, that's a whole other world. Yeah, I uh, I won't. I probably won't do it. <laughs> but no. Scream's all about it. So yeah, I would also be curious to, about it because that they that you can build like underwater bases and stuff is like wild. Well, like a good example is like the I don't know their names, but they're, they're dolphins basically. Um, they're real early tame, but they're one of, like the fastest water mounts, and so even with the dangerous stuff. You just zoom past them. They can't catch up, mm. keep up. So, um, yeah, we, uh, the other thing we need to do too is like level our characters a little more. Cause after about level 70, it slows way, way down. And there's a hundred levels in the game. I think there's actually more than that. If you do certain things in the game, but you stop, you stop getting recipes at a hundred. So, um, crafting recipes, Which uh, is wild. Yeah. That like there's that much. Um, we're trying to get to the point where we can get, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically a refrigerator that's specific for, um, for lack of a, the right term, pokeballs, um, so that you can, uh, basically digitize these fucking dinosaurs and you put them in this so that the timer on the ball, the, the capture doesn't wear down. Cause otherwise it's a 30 day expiration timer. Hmm. So, but if you have this thing, it becomes irrelevant. Because when you're done, you just put them back in there, and it resets the timer. The game's got too much stuff in it. It's it's been a blast. I uh, I was telling Chris and, and Scream while we were playing, because you know we were venting about something being a little grindy or whatever. I was like, I complained, but like I've been having a lot of fun. So, um, well, I mean, I think that game's got a good <laughs> balance of like you said, it slows down at seventy. That implies that up to seventy didn't feel like a grind. Yeah, that's pretty generous. 70 levels of just like, well, this feels fine. Yeah. The pace is good. But then like there's things you got to really work towards. And it sounds like a lot of the things are a lot more convenient than they used to be because we've talked about a couple of taste casts now. Um, uh, getting pets used to be this huge process back in the day. And now it sounds like it's more variable. It sounds like certain things are really fast. Other things take a little bit, mm-hmm. bit of time. Um, but it sounds like they got it down to the point where there are things that feel like a grind or that are a challenge now, but later there is something that will make it. So that's not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's, it sounds like a good uh, formula to um, make you work towards things. I feel like you earn something, but also keep you interested long enough to 
continue doing that. Plus, it's a survival game, so like you're building and doing stuff, which is a great way to uh, make me waste time. Yeah, well, and then like you know, the first thing I have to do every time you know I log in is make sure our horde of dinosaurs all have food because they'll start starving to death. You know, even if we're not playing, so we have to like constantly check the food stocks. Are you good? You good? You don't last a day? Okay, good. So Psycho and Chris are gonna have to feed them while you're gone. Yeah, well, they already were while I was at work, but yeah. Um, don't let them die. I'll be very upset. <laughs> I, at this point, I think they're more invested in, in the dinos than I am. I've done most of the building. Um, yeah, I'm not a big pet guy. I let you do that when we played originally. I was like, I like to build shit. Yeah, I don't mind doing the, the breeding so much, but the, the length of time it takes is really difficult, especially if you have a 9-to-5 job. Yeah. <laughs> so, because, uh, like, the initial stage of the breeding in the game is you have the egg, and you need a temperature-controlled room, which we made. Um, so we just have this room and under the floorboards is 20 air conditioners and it's not air conditioners and an arc is not cold air. It's basically perfect temperature is what it does. So just maintaining a livable temperature. Yes. Not like central if, air, if basically in like a cold place or a hot place. It's yeah. just making sure it's survivable. Yeah. So okay. yeah, if you're in the, if you're in the snow and you need to escape it and you have an air conditioner, you can literally have perfect yeah. temperature room. So but you need gasoline and a generator to run it. So. That makes a lot more sense to just have it be like, you know, if you're in an environment without oxygen, this room has oxygen. Yeah. It's like if you're in an environment that the environment's killing you, it's it makes sense to just have like a neutral room. It's like a safety mm -hmm. room, essentially. That makes sense yeah. as a gameplay mechanic. Um, and so the egg has a incubation period, which can vary anywhere from like 45 real minutes to, um, I don't know, eight hours. Mm -hmm. So that's where the grind comes in and needing to be there. Cause you have to, while they're an infant, especially, um, they're eating constantly and they don't, they, they don't have strength. So they can't hold a shit ton of food. So like a good example is a baby Dodo, which is probably the easiest one to do. Um, they can only hold three berries and you just sit there and you're constantly like, here you go, here you go, here you go. And as they get a little older, they can hold five, they can hold seven, they can hold 10. Interesting. Then, yeah. And then hit the juvenile stage. And they can eat out of a trough finally and go, okay, be free. And there'll be an eight hour timer. So you have to come back in eight hours and do a thing to imprint your, um, basically you have to imprint on it, which allows it to get bonus stats. You don't have to, you can just let it grow up on its own at that point. But if you imprint stats, it gets bonus stats. So you'd have to do these eight hour check-ins constantly. Interesting. It's a whole mini game. So, um, I don't have time. It for sounds that. like a lot of things in the game at this point are almost like mini games. Yeah, but it's like you got to dedicate time to this thing. Yeah. Well, there'd be some days where I'm like, okay, we're out of obsidian and oil. That's what I'm doing today. Yeah. Fly up to the volcano, grab obsidian. Fly out to the snow, grab oil. Like <laughs> so. Um, Oil's in the snow. There is oil in the snow. Otherwise, it's all underwater. Uh, okay, that makes so. sense. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I've been having fun with it. Um, I wish I could. Invest a little more time, which sounds a little, you know, odd. But um, I'd like to get past this like wall we're at, so we can like start doing the boss fights. So yeah, just quit your job, start streaming the game, make all the money. No, okay. I don't have the personality for that. He's got to yell a lot every time something happens. Be like, well, I didn't do want, I, that. I didn't do want I that to happen. Look like someone who has the energy to yell. I hope this thing happened. Oh, it didn't happen. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I've been having fun. Um, and we've been pretty consistently playing it, so. Yeah, it seems like it. 
Anything else? That's everything. All right. Well, I'm happy to report that I actually got to play some stuff recently. <laughs> so I have some stuff to talk about because in case this is your first episode, hit the subscribe button and like the video. But also, um, yeah, last month I didn't get to play anything really. Kind of sucked. True. So it was nice uh, starting out this month and just going hard. I'm like, I, I got to play some shit. And I did that. So um, I've already played Need for Speed Heat. Can't talk about that. I'll talk about that on Plus Club. Uh, also played Grand Blue Fantasy versus and already played Toem. Um, so those games I'm going to play much more of, but I've already dabbled in them a little bit. And uh, we'll talk about those on Plus Club. Have not played Last of Us Part Two. I'm going to wait till we get back from vacation to start that because uh, it's going to be a joint effort. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just going to play it. You're going to watch. And when we review it, that will be where our perspectives are coming from. Uh, so games I have played. Uh, let's see. Let's start with uh, Shatterline. Shatterline is a uh, popular and being talked about a lot game right now, which is really interesting. Um, that it's it's a uh, it's like a small dev team, I think, out of Ukraine that made this game. It's a free to play first person shooter, and uh, I uh, I played it because I've just been hearing a lot of in the first person shooter circles a lot of a lot of commotion about it. Um, from what I've gathered so far, it is kind of a hero shooter. It's got like I think eight characters. They all have their own specialties, like you know somebody has like med packs and. Uh, like a drone that shoots at people, another person, this is like another healer who has like a, a healing pod they can put on the ground that people can stand in and get uh, health from. Um, and then there's like recon people who can access parts of the map that other people can't, which uh, is kind of neat um, to see that kind of a uh, specialization. Um, it offers a team deathmatch. It offers an escort mode that I assume is Overwatch. Um, I didn't play that mode. And then it offers, uh, I think it's called Headquarters or something like that. And it's uh, essentially like capture the points. Mm. But it also has a PvE mode where you can do missions with your friends. And all the progression is shared. So um, anything you're working towards can be achieved in PvE or PvP, which I think is a, is a good touch. I didn't play PvE a whole lot outside of the training in the beginning, uh, which was okay. Um, the graphics are decent. They're on the threshold of being cartoony looking, but they're not Overwatch cartoony looking, so um, it doesn't bother me so much. Although you can tell the game is uh, indie developed because it's 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 clean looking, but it's not the best looking game ever. Although my computer hates that game, um, I'll like start that game up and my computer goes. I'm like, what was that? I mean, art is at the mind. So. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I think it's an optimization thing. So the game's not even like that uh, crazy looking. Um, yeah, and then uh, I've only played a little bit, but so far uh, it's got a really interesting system that I want to dive into further. Um, there's cosmetics for every character that you unlock as you play. There's also a season pass so that you can obviously buy a premium version or the free version, um, and so you can like change the way your characters look. Um, but as you use a gun, it levels up. Uh, you start with, I think there's six six or five guns, something like that. It's like a pistol, machine gun, shotgun, sniper rifle, and something else, I think. And uh, they're all tier one weapons. And they all are different guns with different stats. And as you use a specific weapon, so if I'm using the assault rifle uh, and I level it up, um, I start getting attachments for it. So every gun has its own attachments. And you start, like, you know, customizing the way it, uh, it, it feels. Um, but then when you, I think, max out... The levels on that gun you move to tier two and there's a new assault rifle at tier two it's not the same one it's okay. a different one and uh a video i watched kind of said that uh they get very different in the sense of like you know tier three sniper rifle might be a single action bolt action like a, a rifle mm-hmm. and then another one might be like a semi-auto 
okay. gun. So uh, all in all, I think there's 25 weapons in the game then. Because um, it's five tiers and five guns or something like that. It's an interesting like RPG element they got to go on there. It's a, yeah, it's a really interesting... Like, it's probably the most interesting system in the game. I looked mm -hmm. at that and I'm like, that's... I want to dabble in that and see how that is. I don't know if I'll like it or uh, not, but... Uh, but yeah, it seems like an interesting system, and I appreciate that there is that much attachments as well. That you're unlocking stuff to change up your gun. Um, so yeah, it's it's got some cool systems. The game plays like a free-to-play Call of Duty, which is a compliment, honestly, because I think Call of Duty is still one of the most smooth-playing uh, first-person shooters mm -hmm. out there. Um, and yeah, this game is really popular. People are talking about it a lot, which is really interesting. And I have a theory behind that. We are in a, we have been for a couple of years now in a lull in first person shooters, which is a wild thing for me to be able to say because since like the era of 360, people have always complained there's too many first person shooters. It's very dominant, yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh man, we just another first person shooter. Oh man, it's another first person shooter. And it's like now we kind of had have COD, but they haven't made like a banger COD since 2019. And then uh, Battlefield's defunct. Like they they can't figure that game out for some reason. Uh, they're like two down and and just making you know lame efforts. I don't know if it's some reason, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And then you know Overwatch is uh, you know old. And the excitement for Overwatch 2 doesn't seem to be as... as 2.5 or 1.5. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucking same. Um, and so in this weird lull of first-person shooters, I think people are just hungry for something. And I, uh, I think this game is satisfying that a little bit because it's a new first-person shooter. It's like a new thing to start working towards. Uh, and, and it plays competently. So um, I'm going to keep playing it and uh you know see if it sticks for me um i also am really interested in uh that's a game that was not on the list that comes out this month uh azonzo which is a world war one uh first person shooter oh interesting. Uh, okay. and i'm really interested in that one um but yeah i'm feeling it i'm like looking at first person shooters i'm like dude i haven't played competitively in a first person shooter in a long time like i'm going insane and obviously <laughs> modern warfare 2 comes out uh this year i'm really excited for it i hope they knock it out of the park because um, I need something, because um, <laughs> there's just there's just nothing. I can just I, mean, I guess I could play Hunt, but that's like a that's a whole different vibe. That's a whole mood. Like that's a different I gotta, type of game for sure. I gotta be in the right mindset to play Hunt. I can't just go in there and go. Well, I'm gonna have some fun and shoot some people and you know level up. It's like I need to like be in survival mode playing that game. Um, but yeah, Shadowline is uh, is is a really good effort by an indie team. Um, it's competent. It works well so far. My biggest problem with it is uh, there's a lot of maintenance. I've barely got to play the game because every time oh. I go to play it, it's like emergency maintenance, emergency maintenance. But it did just come out yeah. um, for everybody. Well, so. and if it is, in fact, you know, food for a starving community, we'll say, uh, they might just be getting hammered. Yeah. So, And if I've learned anything from online games, server infrastructure is not a simple thing. So... It's just sad. I'm not trying to dig at, at the game, but it's sad that this game came out and it plays better and works better than Battlefield 2042 did. <laughs> like, there's there's literally no excuse for that. No, there's not. You have this huge corporation, this huge dev of just hundreds of people who have made Battlefield for years, and then they released 2014 or 2014 uh, 2042 uh, half half like they made half the game. And so it's unfinished feeling. Well, and like I mean, they did that with Battlefront 2. It had and, a, uh, yeah, dude. It's crazy. One before that, 5? 
Well, like there, there's years where Battlefield was like actually kind of trying to compete with COD. There was actually conversation people going like Battlefield's better. No, COD's better. That was like a weird era because COD always outsold Battlefield, but Battlefield was like competitive with it. And now it's like not even a thing. Yeah. It's like all we have is COD now. And it's not even that great. I mean, they shot themselves in the foot. So Yeah, it's insane. So anyway, uh, if you're looking for an FPS that's free to play, that has stuff to unlock, um, that plays kind of similar to like a Titanfall or a Call of Duty, um, and you have a PC, I would recommend you check out Shadowline because you don't have a whole lot to lose checking it out. And uh, it's been pretty fun. I'm well, going to play more, though, and I'll report back to you guys uh, where I'm at with it i was gonna say with it having a pve mode i might check it out myself so you should yeah i uh that that piqued my interest because uh when i was doing research on it i was like yeah i'll play it and check out the how it plays and then they're like oh it's got a pve mode i'm like really and then it's like yeah if you're like having bad matches and you're trying to get your level or your gun leveled up so you get to tier two or whatever and you're just like getting frustrated you just go to pve and use that gun and level it up Mm -hmm. to get to tier two and i'm like that's a good system because then it's not skill based on you know how fast you get, you know, arguably the best gun in this, um, you know, ranking or whatever. Um, you can go do it in PVE. So well, it also like kind of opens a door, right? Uh, sure, you might get, you know, people who are just PVE interested, but you know, for every hundred people, you might get someone who slips into the PVP exactly, and yeah. expands. It's just better for community, base. yeah. Because so. now they're they're there mm-hmm. when they wouldn't have been. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good foundation, and I think it could definitely uh, turn into um, something that will be like a regular name, possibly. So, yeah, yeah. Um, also, have been playing Saints Row on and off. Talk about buggy, unfinished games. Um, the, it's always the sandbox games. The yeah, well, this one's really weird because it's like the design of the game is kind of old school and archaic, mm-hmm. and then it's got a lot of like technical problems. And uh, I'll talk about it a little bit. I think I, did I talk about it last day's cast? I don't think I did. I, I think you made TikToks. I did. I made TikToks complaining about it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll catch everybody up here. Um, I'm just gonna say straight up, so you, there's no confusion about this. Um, I am enjoying the gameplay of Saints Row, even though it feels like a game that should have came out eight years ago. <laughs> um, just in its design, that's not a knock. It just feels like I'm playing an older game because it doesn't have any like advanced new systems that feel. Uh, modern. It just feels like Saints Row from back in the day. Um, I don't like the characters. I think they're really dorky. I think they're badly designed. Um, and I don't care about the story. I don't think it's interesting. I think, honestly, the characters and the story were written by boomers, people older than me, for uh, Gen Z, uh, people younger than me. And I think it's a horrible mix uh, when you know people who are older than me are writing for people younger than me. Um, that's what it just feels like constantly. It's like they're trying to connect like, oh, you know, working sucks, bro. And like, you know, we should not have to do that. Let's let's make a story about that. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Um, Enjoy not being able to buy things. Then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can just be, uh, you know, the boss yourself and take over and uh, make a gang, I guess. Like, it's 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 stupid. What a plan. Um, yeah, it's it's really dumb. But uh, gameplay is fun. The world is fun to run around in. Uh, when the game works correctly, the mayhem is a lot of fun. It's it's uh, you know things are blowing up, things are flying, there's physics and stuff. Um, the game has a lot of customization, which is nice. It's all ridiculous customization. I couldn't even take my character serious, so I like made him ridiculous looking, and uh, that's fun. Um, there's a lot of like mini game activities all over the place, so there's always something to do that will give you money, give you experience, stuff like that. Um, there's a story. 
story that I don't care about, but it is progression, so I'm playing through it. Um, and yeah, overall, it's uh, it's 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 okay. It's okay. It's I have a lot of questions. I would love to ask the developers, um, but uh, it's a comedy game and it's fun to play. But uh, outside of all that, I tried the co-op with Josh, um, and it was atrocious, uh, inexcusably uh, horrible, um, which sucked because when it worked, we were having fun. Yeah, we wanted to keep playing, and then something would go wrong, and I'm like, bro, I'm trying to give you <laughs> a chance. For me to be like, oh, I'm having fun with this yeah, game. Let, let me enjoy myself. Exactly. I'm like, I just want to. I just want to enjoy the game. You won't let me do it. Um, and like you said already, I've made a couple uh, TikToks about this topic, and uh, I've seen a lot of people reporting over on like PS4 and PS5 and stuff. Xbox, they're not having the same issues, but I know when the game launched, it ran better on PC than it ran on consoles. So, but when it comes to the multiplayer, uh, I guess the networking's better on console. I don't know, but. Um, well, what's wrong with it? So, uh, first off, it's got a lot of old school archaic systems. I think are, are really bad. Um, there is no seamless hop in, hop out co-op. What happens is either invite somebody or they choose to join my room. Then my game gets paused and it says, "Blah blah blah wants to join your room." Yes or no? I click yes. Then it starts loading, and while it loads, I can't open doors. I can't go into buildings. I can't interact with anything that they can interact with. So I'm just running around. Uh, an environment waiting for them to load in. Then some, then once they uh, load in, um, there's a huge fat indicator on where they're at on the map, this big purple marker. Um, but then when you get close to them, it disappears. But there's no name over their head either, so you, it's hard to find them. Yeah. If they're far away, it's easy as hell to find the direction they're in, but then when you get close, it's like, where are you? Right. And uh, so Josh's character... awful for me. It, it's it's <laughs> disorienting. And then uh, and you get used to it. It's not like a huge hurdle, but it's just like, why? It's a right. weird it's a weird decision. Um, anytime you go to start an activity, it asks uh, the person you're playing with for their permission to start the activity. When that happens, it goes to a black screen, and it's got to load the activity. This might sound like nitpicking, but we're living in a time where people have already done seamless co-op in crazier looking games. Um, and so it just seems really weird that we're using these like weird load-in systems like this um, in an open world game. It kind of breaks that feeling of being in an open world when everything's segmented um, you know, between um, asking for permission to do activities. Mm. Um, so... Those are all just design things I don't like. But then there's a lot of networking stuff. So there's finishers in the game. And so many times there'll be there'll be an enemy um, I'm shooting at. And they're standing there. And no damage is happening. And then like five seconds later, all of a sudden, Josh would just be there doing a finisher on that person. So at some point, he started <laughs> doing a finisher. And, uh, and it's now just registering to show me that. Um, there was an incident where I got in a car, he got in a car, I'm dri- or I, he got in my car. I drove, I'm driving, and uh, all of a sudden his character just jumps out of the car and disappears in the air. He, like, dived out and disappeared into the air. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm driving. And he's like, no, you're not. You're just right here. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm right here? I'm driving down the freeway. <laughs> and he's like, no, dude, you're just, like, driving in place right here. And he's just, I, he showed me a picture. He sent it to me. And my character was in the car, and he was, like, steering, and the wheels were moving on my car. But I was just stuck in place. And he was back here, and anytime he would enter the car where I was at, on my screen, all of a sudden he would just appear in my car next to me, and then he would disappear out of the car. And every once in a while, there's a mechanic in the game where you hold E, I'm playing on PC, um, where you can get up on the roof and lay on it, and you can shoot like in every direction. 
he would just kind of like appear on top of my car every once in a while. And then like the door would sometimes just open and shut aggressively without anyone there. Like it was fucking haunted. Um, and it, it, I was just like, this is not, not good. Kind of reminds me of, uh, when the Elder and co-op mod first came out, um, the horses would act real weird. So like you'd both get on your horses or whatever mm. and you'd be going, but then like the person wouldn't be following you, but their horse would just be running in place. But then you'd go into what the next zone would be since the game's segmented, you know, mm-hmm. and they would be there. Yeah. So, I mean, at least those are modders trying to make that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It reminds me of a mod. Yeah. And they're not modders. So. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> this is volition. They yeah. made Red Faction. They made Saints Row. They've made co op open world games already. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just really bizarre to, uh, to look at this game and all the flaws that it has. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I don't make games, so I can't really, like, critique what you did too much. But you've already shown me an example of what you've done in the past. And this is a worse example of it. Like, you got worse at making games? Well, like, even, I don't I don't get it. Even as a uh, the person playing, you can, you don't have to know how to make a game to know that it doesn't feel good. Exactly. I, so. mean, I, I mean, any gamer, anyone who's been playing games for a long time, you have experience playing games. So you, you do have an opinion that's educated. I've played a lot of games. So when I'm looking at things, I'm like, everyone else doesn't do this. Yeah. Why'd you do it? It's weird. And then, yeah, the networking issues, they'll fix it, but um, they're bad. They're really bad. And then, uh, I mean, this is almost like Cyberpunk on launch uh, bad um, in terms of, like, the worst people experience with that. Um, and then one of the weirdest things that happened was as we were playing towards the end, um, Josh's character started turning into my character. He started, like, wearing <laughs> my clothes. And then the next day when he logged on, he sent me a picture. His character was my character. So it like took my da- da- data and like put, it on, his save file. put it on his save file. And I'm like, I've never played a game that's done that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how that happened. So there's some really fucky stuff they're doing uh, in the networking that is confusing the game. It's really weird. It's a really weird problem. Yeah, for but sure. But when this stuff isn't happening, I think the game's pretty fun to play. So it's like a really, it's really hard to discuss. It's really hard to discuss the game too because people either love it or hate it. They like are like that, that game. That game sucks, and I'm like, well, it's got it definitely has issues, but there's some stuff that's kind of fun about it. And other people are like, oh, I love it. I haven't seen one problem. I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you haven't seen one thing. Well, and what you know, what they dictate is a problem versus what yeah. you might dictate is a problem. Yeah, show so. me five minutes of your gameplay. I'll find something. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, um, and, you know, if they're having fun and they don't view it as sure. problems, good on you, man, for sure. Oh, I um, can overlook. I can overlook problems in so many games. I've done it well, so many we, times. I mean, we play EDF, so yeah, you know, that game's jank as hell. And I've hell. been playing <laughs> early access games since the beginning of early access games. I've always accepted problems, and obviously this shouldn't be an early access game. But I'm willing to sure. overlook problems as long as the game's fun. I mean, we played The Ascent, and that game has some critical issues, and we kept playing it because outside of that, it's actually a really good game. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I guess a lot. You know, a lot of people don't view things with the more, I guess, critical lens. I, but I, I think there's more so towards people who just instantly write something off. I think are the yeah. ones that aren't because, like, if you if you're having a blast and, and you don't think view things as problems, uh, you're probably also not critically looking at mm-hmm. it. But like, I don't think you're really causing any issues either. You're just having fun. Do you? Uh, but the other person, you know, is basically, especially when they they're making a point of it all the time of like. Nah, it sucks. That's a pretty strong, like, right off, right off the bat. Like, yeah. do you have an opinion on it? Or, <laughs> so. 
because I could think things suck, but I can also like probably go through and be like, I like this, I like this, mm-hmm. but overall I wasn't having fun because of this, this, and this. Like, yeah, try to try to think about it a little. Couldn't agree more. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things I think that that technically they got to fix in Saints Row. Um, and there are design choices that they're not going to fix because that's what they decided to do that I think are questionable, but not enough to make me hate it. Um, and then the gameplay is pretty fun. So overall, I'll keep playing it. I really want to play it co-op. So hopefully hopefully <laughs> they patch it to the point where I don't have to worry about. I literally made my character crazy looking on the off chance that me and Josh play again, and he has to become me again because I want him to look like my guy now. Because uh. before my guy was like just looked like kind of like a homeless dude, and now I'm like a pig man. Just a scary pig man with a chef hat. Um, and uh, I want Josh to be that. So, buyer beware if you play with me. Um, yeah, so those are my thoughts on Saints Row. And then the other game I've been playing quite a bit lately, which mm. has been really nice, is Ready or Not. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it is a first-person uh, tactical uh, like SWAT-type game. Uh, if you played... Um, old Rainbow Six games, not Siege, but if you played like the original Rainbow Six, uh, even Vegas a little bit, even those those were kind of a weird amalgamation of third and first person, right? You went into third person when you went into cover, but you were first person? Or I think was so. Was it all third person? It's been a remember. while. It's been so long since I they played Vegas. They also definitely tried like speeding up the pace a little bit with that game. Yeah. So. But in the original Rainbow Six, like you were like walking and kind of walk a little faster and that was the speeds. And then uh, there was SWAT 3 and SWAT 4, I think, which I loved those games. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely in the vein of those type of games. Um, it's, uh, I think, four-player co-op. Um, and essentially, everything's unlocked in the beginning. So it's literally all about the gameplay and tactics. Um, in the game, you start in a precinct, and you're able to gear up. You can put on different levels of armor that have better bullet protection or less bullet protection, but you move faster. Um, you're able to put, like, steel or Kevlar plating into your armor. Um, you're able to pick a sidearm primary put all these attachments on like laser sights stuff like that um, there's tactical equipment like flashbangs door stops you can shove those under a door so people can't open them um, like a, a mirror wand that you can look under doors mm-hmm. with which i typically use a lot gas grenades um, all sorts of stuff like that the, what you'd expect is printing the game the game actually has a lot of guns too already which is kind of crazy and then you're able to go to a range try out your um your your setup if you want or you can go and pick a mission and the way the game's set up is it has all these random um not they're not random at all it has all these preset destinations like there's like a house there's like a nightclub there's like all these different the gas stations stuff like that and then when you click on that it has scenarios it has um barricaded suspect scenario it's got a hostage situation uh scenario it's got a um live shooter scenario so guys walking around shooting people like you got to go in there and try and stop him um there's one called raid where it's essentially like there's just dudes with guns and you got to go in there and get rid of them mm. but there's other situations where there's actually civilians running around you got to discern right, if that's right. a you know a threat or not um and yeah it uh it's very slow paced you go from barely walking to walking a little faster <laughs> um it is a game you want to mount up on doors check under the door check through the window whatever and get a get some perspective before you breach the door because it is a game where one bullet can kill you um they implemented a really cool system since the last time I played uh, where suspects can pull knives, which actually does happen sometimes. Um, there was a, a time where uh, I flashbanged a room because we saw a guy run into a room with a gun. 
And uh, I was like, I'm not gonna go chase him. So I threw a flashbang in there. And as soon as it went off, we breached the door. I looked to the left to make sure everything's good. Josh looks to the right. And then the suspect just kind of comes out like like kind of hazy, but he dropped his gun. I'm getting ready to arrest him. And Josh is like, oh, there's a guy over here. And like an idiot, I like looked over there to see who he's talking about. And as soon as I look back at the guy I'm about to arrest, he's coming at me with a knife. And he starts just stabbing me. And I just start shooting into yeah. him. And uh, the game kind of makes you like backstep and your like camera kind of goes like this when you're getting stabbed. Luckily, he would just hit my armor. There's no like actual, he didn't hit my body. But uh, there's like a stun effect real quick. And it's kind of crazy because like just that millisecond of time, like I was like, if he would have hit me, like he could have just killed me just yeah. now. And I really like those kind of dynamic um, um, situations that happen. Uh, the game's full of them. There's also like one of the last scenarios we played like there was nobody with a gun on the map everybody just had knives walking around and a lot of them would just come running at us constantly i'm like stop like just let me arrest you like they're like going crazy um the game almost feels like a horror game sometimes because you go into these dark environments and you'll see somebody in the dark just run and you're like who the hell's that and you're like tell them to like put their weapon down because there's a button you can press to like tell people to drop their weapon and surrender and even sometimes civilians, because the situation's all fucked up, they're just running. Like, oh, my God. And just, like, yeah. running. Or, and you don't know. I see a clip in a gas station where, like, trying to figure out the difference between, the, like, the civilians and the the people that you were trying to arrest was a little pretty difficult because mm-hmm. the civilians were, like, freaking out. So Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because, like, there's, like, a percentage chance, I think I read about, that somebody will pull a knife or something like that. So, like, there was one situation where this girl I just saw, never saw her with a weapon. I told her, you know, get down. She got down or whatever. And then when I turned around, she, had, like, pulled a knife. And I'm like, what are you doing? And, like, I had to, like, put her down. But, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of random elements to it. And it's a lot of fun because it's co-op. So, like, you definitely want to get your kit set up so that other people don't have to use the same thing you have so you have a more diverse mm. um, toolkit. Um, Josh typically likes to bring, like, more breaching stuff. I like using the mirror to look under the doors, um, kind of get that kind of reconnaissance. Also, sometimes like bringing C-Force to blow the door open, but it's kind of a waste because you can kick doors in if you need to. Oh. It just takes like two, three kicks. It's also a battering ram you can just break a door open with, but uh, I just never think to bring that. Um, yeah, super stressful, but a lot of fun. The shooting feels really good. The gun's really, really good. Um, really satisfying, although encounters in that game are like, quick there's not like shootouts don't really happen a whole lot when they do it's really um intense but a lot of times it's like split second you got to decide to pull that trigger or not because sometimes if they they decide to do it like Mm -hmm. it's over you just drop and now it's like well guess i'll just wait and watch you while you complete the mission um not everyone can be a hit point sponge true but yeah, for the for the future of Ready or Not, I think it's I think it's a really good game. I think it offers an experience that just doesn't exist. There's other indie games like Ready or Not out there right now, but I think Ready or Not's definitely the best one. There's another one I have, and I forgot what it's called. It's pretty fun, but it kind of just reminds me more of like Insurgency, where you are running through just shooting enemies and trying to survive. Whereas this has a lot more like tactical elements to it that I really mm-hmm. like. Um, I think they're already doing a really good job with like the amount of guns in the game and attachments. It's weird there's no progression, so like you're not playing the game for that. You just have all the stuff. But I would like to see them um, put more work into making more dynamic scenarios and uh, more dynamic AI situations to always keep you coming back for more, to not be able to predict what's going to happen, um, and just give more variables to every mission. I think that if they just put a lot of work into that, and obviously more more maps would be cool. There's already like... 
seven or eight, maybe ten maps, which is pretty good. And they all have like different scenarios a piece. But yeah, if they can just add more variables to each one of those maps and then more maps, um, I think it'd be a lot of fun to continue playing. Um, but yeah, right now it's a lot of fun. Really stressful though, but uh, I love that kind of game. So I like stressful uh, shooters. And I think that is everything I have been playing. All right. Got anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing. What games would you like us to be playing? And if you have an opinion on a game you'd like us to play, make sure to vote down below in the comments. G-O-T-M or just type a game name. I don't care. Um, and uh, vote for the game we'll be playing in October that uh, we'll play and review. But yeah, let us know uh, what you think we should be playing in the comments below. All right, we got a lot of videos to watch. Luckily, the first two are like a minute long a piece, but we got to watch them because we haven't really talked about them on the show. And those are uh, a first look at God of War Ragnarok's uh, Svartalheim level. Um, this is via Game Informer, um, and I'll talk about that in a sec. And then we also have uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, which is the official teaser for the uh, first and possibly only expansion for Cyberpunk. Then after that, we have a whole Ubisoft forward that I was just going to do a TLG Reacts for, but because we are on limited time, we're just going to put it all in this episode. So... Ooh. That's the plan. YouTube's gonna hate that one. What with the music and stuff? Yeah, Ubisoft's awful. They're really that. bad at it. Yeah, they don't care. They're Jesus. just like, you guys can just suffer, dude. So uh, with that, we should just start getting into this for time's sake. But one thing I want to say is I've been really critical of how God of War Ragnarok has been uh, advertised so far. I think the rollout on this game has been awful. I think they are absolutely 100% depending on knowing that God of War was such a good game that people are gonna buy this no matter what. Um, and this is not to criticize God of War Ragnarok. I am very hyped for it. I think it's got the potential of being game of the year uh, next to uh, Elden Ring. So uh, I just don't like the way they're advertising it. And I see a lot of people saying like, well, you know, they don't want to spoil the story. Well, you can, I mean, people forever have been showing trailers of games without spoiling st stories. Like, it's really weird. We got like one trailer a long time ago for God of War. It's not and a small indie company, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, Unless, unless, I have a theory, maybe there's a gameplay element in this game that would spoil something. Maybe. And they don't want to show it. If that's the case, I will take everything back. Like, okay, they just didn't want to show that, I get that. But for the most part, it seems like they showed a trailer a while back, and then now they've just been kind of like, here's four pictures. Here's a gameplay mechanic, and it's like a one-minute video. Here's Game Informer's promo for their magazine. It's, it's, it's just not, it's not the kind of hype that a game like God of War Ragnarok deserves. Yeah. Like, this is a big game, and there's like, mm, it's coming out. You're going to buy it, right? Like, of course you're going to buy it. Like, it just seems it just seems stupid the way they're doing it. But anyway, that that aside, um, before we watch this, do you have any anticipation or hype for God of War Ragnarok? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless it just... And I'm going to be that guy who finds out the hard way, because it will be a day one buy for me, but unless it's just completely awful, which I think is almost impossible... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The, the first, the one before this was amazing. So Yeah. Yeah, ditto. I agree 100%. I'm in the same page. Uh, I love the last one that came out. I wasn't even a big God of War guy before that. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. I assume it's going to be amazing. But even if it's just good, I'll be happy. It's It has to be bad. They have to make, like, mistakes. Yeah. That's come out like Saints Row. And I'd be like, why'd you do this? Yeah. Um, for me to have any kind of negative opinion on this. So they're, they're pretty safe. And that's why they don't have to advertise it, I guess. Because I'm just going to buy it anyway. But... Yeah, same page. Let's watch this and we can talk about it. This is first look at God of War Ragnarok's Fartelheim level exclusive gameplay in 3, 2, 1, go. 
Jay from Game Informer here. Ooh. In God of War 2018, we traversed Midgard and its massive Lake of the Trice Nine. Trice is Alfheim, big. home to light and dark elves. Helheim, the Cuba underworld, alongside Jotunheim, True. the land of giants. And even Niflheim and Muspelheim, which pushed players' skills to the limit with combat In their trials. last preview video, Sadly, they called him uh, Atreus. But director Eric Williams told me... I was like, I didn't call him that in the, God the show, in the game. The ones we've seen before, How'd you get that wrong? Feel new again. But without further ado, welcome to Svartalheim, a realm that exemplifies dwarven ingenuity. I'm talking technical marvels like mine pits, artificial water channels, and sprawling cities. The textures are definitely for sharp. Like, everything looks so detailed. Puzzles. Yeah, it's kind of rough the new because, realm, like, we'll need to rely on Kratos' toolset, his weapons, and yes, his son, Atreus. In Svartalheim, Kratos can freeze geysers by way of the Leviathan Axe, dismantle pots with his blades of chaos, and command the boy I think the intricacy looks really good, but yeah, it's color palette-wise. It's kind of like... And both talked about evolving the gameplay in larger spaces. The world and its mechanics reflect the narrative. In the reveal trailer, we watched Kratos and company use sled wolves to get from one far-off point to the next. But in less frozen that areas like Svartalheim, we'll row down streams or through open waters in a canoe. Perhaps there will be more transportation methods, but for now, all of this suggests a journey vaster and bolder than what came before. The face in the for mountain. more on the cover story, head to our hub at GameInformer.com slash G-O-W Ragnarok, or swing by- Shut up, don't be advertising on my channel. I mean, you already did it for him, but- Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right, what do we think? Um, I think apparently I got yawn. <laughs> happens, dude. I think, uh, I think it looks good. Um, you know, they didn't show anything really. That yeah. cave looks great. The water, um, like, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, well, sad that the water's the most vibrant looking thing. Well, in even this with whole like setting. the oh no, I never remember which one's up and which one's down. So like tight, stalagmite, whatever. Uh, the the way they're they're done up there, they look very good. Um, stalactites above and stalagmites below. Possibly, I'm terrible at that. I know there's a, a way to remember it, and I. My brain doesn't work that way apparently. So. I heard somebody say this recently. They're like saying like stalactites in tight or something like that, which means like it's in the ceiling tight, and then stalagmite is it's, it's uh, somewhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this isn't a fucking a cave podcast. But uh, and then yeah, like the the puzzle solving stuff like that. It, you know, obviously expected from the last game. It's yeah. nice to see um, that moment was probably not good for anyone who hasn't seen the first or played the first game. But that's fine. Um, probably shouldn't be watching previews for new game at True. that point. Uh, this part I actually really liked. It has a good mixture of of arid with with trees in mm -hmm. there and stuff like that. Um, also, one thing I noticed: I, the clouds look amazing to me. They do. Uh, they look photorealistic for sure. Yeah, like I don't. It's just weird. I was looking at the clouds. I'm like, those are really good looking clouds. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, and it just looks like God of War, which I'm not mm -hmm. going to complain about. Um, the stuff that would make it like you know obviously super exciting they can't show me they'll mm -hmm. spoil that so like um it's looking good it's promising so it just kind of sucks because we're going from the last game that we that we played and loved and we have an idea of what the gameplay is like what what the design's like how it's like these more tight intricate spaces but it's almost like a castle not castlevania um like a metroid thing going on where you can't access this yet but you come back later with this stuff really cool design and we're seeing that here so um i'm excited for that prospect but but we didn't we're seeing him walking around this environment um and i again just really hate how they're choosing to uh advertise this game because i would love a trailer that just shows like combat some of the new moves maybe um 
couple flash screens of like big set pieces, stuff like that. We're not getting that. So what we did get though, uh, the game is looking better. There's a lot of people out there saying this looks exactly like the last game. I don't agree, but I mean, the style looks the same, but the graphics are definitely better. Um, but uh, the game's looking good. Textures look really good. Um, the environments, uh, though I agree, I think the design is like not my style. It's good looking. Sure, it's a really sure. interesting zone or area. Um, I think the buildings look really interesting. How intricate all the bridges and stuff are all together, I think, look really cool. Um, and uh, exploring this place looks like it's going to be a lot of fun with using your axe to like freeze the geysers and to break geysers to you know generate power with the windmill thing or watermill thing. Um, looks really cool. I just noticed the way you're talking about with the face of the mountain. Um, super detailed, super awesome looking. Um, it just does make me uh, kind of wish for more. But uh, it's it's looking like like it's coming along. It it looks great, um, and it's definitely a game I'm gonna pick up. I just uh, I just want more from this um, because I mean, we're not even seeing combat. It's yeah. just him walking around. So um, without any kind of context or any kind of like action piece. Um, I'm just like, yeah, it's, they're developing it. That's cool. So, um, but yeah, nonetheless, I'm still really excited for the game. This doesn't really do anything for me negatively or positively outside of just confirm that, yeah, the game exists and there it is. Um, and then yeah, as for Svartalheim, um, it's interesting looking. Be cool mm-hmm. to explore Dwarven area. Also, uh, one of the things I read recently said that you will uh, go to all nine realms in this game. Oh, okay. Which is crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and the ones we already went to in the last game, uh, they said will feel different when you go to them this time. You're not just going to revisit a place you've already been there. Well, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because the game's very, like, um, it's not open world. Like, it has yeah. moments where you can explore, obviously, but um, they're definitely constructed levels. Yeah, the and same as, like, Dark Souls. of a world. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, exactly. So um, I thought I was like, "Well, that's kind of crazy. You're going to go to nine different realms. That's a lot of different no, places." That's exciting because that was yeah. honestly probably one of the, the parts about the first game I really liked because it gave them a very um, cool way to like give you new environments. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not just going from one biome to another, but like completely different realms that yeah. are, like have different principles and stuff. Um, I uh, I kind of assumed because we only visited a couple in the last game that like the next game I have a couple as well. But when I re- like read like, Oh, all nine, I'm like, Oh, okay. They're going yeah. all out. Okay. Um, I feel like if you're going to be going to all nine of them, you might be able to freely just go between them in this one, but we'll see once the, once the game comes out for but, sure. Yeah. Overall looking really cool though. And uh can't wait to play this. Can't believe this is coming out this year, but uh, we'll, we'll find out because delays <laughs> can still happen. Yes. True. Though it's looking pretty finished. I mean, that, that looks this doesn't look like it's in beta. So, um, yeah, anything else? Nope. All right, let us know in the comments what do you guys think about the Svartalheim uh, level uh, in God of War Ragnarok. What do you think about the way they're rolling out uh, advertising for this game? Uh, where are you at hype-wise when it comes to this game? Are you excited? Are you not excited? If you're not excited, why aren't you excited? If you are excited, what are you excited about? Is there any info that you've heard uh, about this? Maybe you've read the Game Informer uh, article on this and uh, have some info you want to share with us. And, uh, yeah, let me know everything you're thinking about when it comes to God of War Ragnarok in the comments below. Next video is Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty official teaser. Uh, Cyberpunk has had a crazy um, 
existence since it's released. And we all know the trials and tribulations they've gone through. And at this point, I think the game is the best day it's ever been. And I do recommend you play it if you haven't played it still. I still have people going like, is it good? Should I play it still? Like, I'm like, yeah, dude, like they've, they've done a lot of work with it. With that, um, they got an expansion coming out for it. Um, this is going going to introduce uh, a new story. Uh, they do have Keanu Reeves coming back to play Johnny Silverhand. Um, this will introduce a new district in Night City um, and a bunch of new stuff. So uh, we're going to watch this. Uh, but first, what do you think about Cyberpunk? You don't have to go too deep on that. And what do you think about an expansion? Um, I enjoyed Cyberpunk. I did not beat it because uh, I'm awful when it comes to sandbox games. And that's usually why I don't like buying them because that exact thing happens every time i never beat them so um <laughs> but uh i enjoyed my time i think the world's very cool uh you know do i want more i usually do like especially when it's a type of sci-fi i enjoy you know there, there was you know um a decent amount of like like customization stuff like that but i think that's probably like one of its weakest things is the lack of like customization do like vehicles your 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 house there's no like live-in features is right you're just mm-hmm. playing the story and it's totally fine as one of the things that kind of lacked for sure yeah um but you know i'm still waiting for someone to make a game where i get to like just live in a cyberpunk like place essentially so i was thinking about how there's no first person shooters the other day i was like why has nobody made like a cyberpunk first person shooter since like the 360 or whatever yeah yeah there used to be um it doesn't have to be the brand cyberpunk but like a dystopian cyberpunk sure, sure. um there was dark something light i don't remember black light i don't remember it was uh, like a free-to-play fps those look very cod like those kind of neat has some cool systems so it was like a smaller game but i was like somebody should make that anyway i digress i'll I say it's usually like modern takes on sci-fi and never like you know cyberpunk or and and when they do kind of go in more of the fantasy direction they usually do steampunk and i'm just, yeah, steampunk's fine yeah <laughs> so but people love cool it to, so. to play like uh you know like a multiplayer online like cod style game where you're running around and you have augments you get to pick like perks and you're able to use like you know something similar to like a mantis blade and do a finisher on somebody mm-hmm. or you know have an augment where you can jump higher than other people or I mean, you know close thing you're really gonna punch get a dunk dumpster on somebody yeah yeah, I just, you can make a really cool game and no one's doing it. But anyway, you're talking about Cyberpunk. No, that's pretty much it. I had a good time with it. Um, I do think maybe the expansion should be lost on me a little bit because I didn't beat the game. But yeah, I'm glad it's uh, it's getting something. I'm wondering was... where it will take place in the story because there's certain endings that's like, how's this work? Yeah, well, and like, you know, they had mentioned before, like, uh, multiplayer mode, and I'm pretty sure that's been scrapped now. So, bummer. I heard it was scrapped, and then I heard it wasn't scrapped. So well, we'll see. I guess. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't. I don't know what CD Projekt Red's doing outside of I know they're starting a new uh, Witcher, uh, not trilogy, but they said they already got like multiple games planned for mm-hmm. a new Witcher story. So, we will see. That makes sense. It's kind of their baby. So yeah. Well, it. It did really well, and so did Cyberpunk, but, you know, there was not as much complaints about Witcher 3 outside of when it first came out and had bugs, but, oh, well. It didn't have the hype the same way, though. I'll say Witcher yeah. was plenty janky. Yeah. Well, and Witcher built up to its yeah. popularity, where Cyberpunk was like, everybody instantly was instantly like, that's going to be the best game ever made. Yeah. Which I know it. I just that. know it. Um, 
Yeah, so briefly, uh, I loved Cyberpunk. I beat it. Um, I really liked it a lot. It, it has had some rough patches, like a couple rough things about it, but it's definitely a diamond in the rough. There's a game that people who were passionate made there that I think a lot of people should have played. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to uh, return and play uh, an expansion with, uh, you know, I'm assuming new guns, new gear, uh, new district, uh, you know, new everything. Um, definitely exciting. It's a game that deserves more content. It's already got plenty, but uh, they made this big world that they could definitely add to. And so I'm excited with that. I'm also interested in what they're going to do with the story. Um, and yeah, I'll definitely be picking this up and playing it because I really like uh, the original. Uh, so let's watch this. It's okay. only 58 seconds, and then uh, we'll discuss what we see. Okay. This is uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty official teaser. Three, two, one, go. Repeat after me. I. V, oh, they're also not supporting. Do solemnly swear. Uh, last gen anymore. Do solemnly swear. So that's over. Oh, I shall yeah. faithfully serve the new United States of America. I just remember the bottom left of America. America. Gameplay. I that I shall faithfully serve the new United States of America. On behalf of all Americans, I thank you Sick for your ass. service. Sword. You know, taking that oath. Bad idea. Coming out in 2023. Hopefully they take their time, make sure it's good, and release it. I mean, uh, the engine's done now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I, I would hope me. they, um, learn they learn their lessons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, what'd you think? I mean, as usual, the visual style is totally, you know, something I'm into. I love the way it looks. Uh, the little bit I got from this, um, outside of like story drops from it, is you have some new weapons there: the whip, the sword. Um, I don't know if the gun's new. I didn't. I don't have enough knowledge about that. Then obviously this whole you know, uh, government story here versus like. You know, obviously, Cyberpunk usually focuses a lot on corporate uh, mm -hmm. stories, so it is interesting to see a more government one because the government does still obviously exist in in Cyberpunk games, but they're usually kind of perceived as like second to corporations when it comes to like the power struggle or uh, structure. Uh, structure, yeah. Um, so it's actually kind of neat they're actually even delving into government stuff. So because uh, yeah, kind it's, of ignored it's, it's kind of rounding game. off and kind of showing you more uh, of this world fleshing mm -hmm. out a bit more so yeah i agree with that yeah but otherwise yeah it looks cool yeah this uh i mean it's a teaser so it really it just kind of uh is telling you it's coming but also i think the trailer evokes uh, a sinister feeling to it we have like a lot of these like really dark and intense looking visuals the music's really like you know uneasy and it seems like you're making a deal with somebody that Johnny Silverhand's telling you, like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. But, you know, what's new with Johnny Silverhand? He's constantly telling you that throughout Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Hey, you shouldn't do this. You should do what I want you to do. Um, graphics look gorgeous. I forgot how good that game looks, yeah. if you can do it. Um, like, I was just looking at some of those scenes. I'm like, man, I there's not a whole lot of Cyberpunk games that look like this, man. There's not a lot of them anyway, but this, you know. It's definitely a gorgeous-looking game if you can run it at the highest graphics. Um, yeah, I mean, we see weapons, we see environments. The environments look cool, look interesting. And even the water effects are really good. Yeah. Um, 
animations are really good. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't really give us a whole lot. It just kind of, again, is letting us know, hey, there's an expansion. It's coming next year. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm more curious, and I'm sure they'll do it, because CD Projekt Red did it a lot with uh, the game before it came out, uh, breaking down new stuff they're adding to the game. I'd like to know more about that part of it. Um, obviously, I want to play the story and learn in let it unfold but i want to know like what what kind of stuff are you adding to the expansion what kind of new weapons new gear new everything is there any features that you're going to be adding to this game with this expansion possibly things that you were originally going to add to the base game that you didn't that was a big um, um complaint amongst a lot of people that i think is rightfully so um you know it, it can be frustrating having uh, features taken away um last minute like uh being able to run on walls and flying cars and stuff like that um but yeah, overall, uh, looks really cool. Really excited for this. I just want more from it. So I uh, can't give you much more in terms of thoughts because they didn't give me much more in terms of what they uh, offered. So anyway, uh, really excited uh, for this. And uh, I'm hoping this will pique interest in Cyberpunk again and we can have a better conversation about the game itself this time around when this expansion comes out um, because this will create a conversation on cyberpunk again and hopefully uh, it's you know mostly about the game itself and not the problems with the game which is valid but I think that really took over 85% of the conversation around yeah. cyberpunk which really sucked I mean I got kind of tired talking about it after a while because I was like we can't talk about the game itself no one's even talking about what you do in the game how the systems work so anyway uh, yeah, I'm excited. Anything else? Nope. All right, let us know in the comments what you guys think about Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. What do you think about that name? I kind of like it. I kind of hate it. Um, and uh, what do you think about the trailer? What do you think about uh, you know the potential of a, a, a new district we're going to be going to? What do you want from this DLC? Um, what do you think of Cyberpunk? Uh, is this going to bring you back? Maybe you liked it enough but didn't love it. Maybe you're going to be interested enough to come back and see if they improve it more. Maybe you love the game and you just want more content. Maybe you didn't like the game but this has piqued your interest and you're kind of like, well, maybe I should come back and check it out. Um, and yeah, let me know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to Cyberpunk 2077 and Phantom Liberty. Last video we were watching is a big one. It's Ubisoft Forward, which I completely forgot was coming out today. I woke up and I was like, well, that's got to be in Tasty Cast because <laughs> that's a big thing to not talk about. And this is going to be quite the sit. So uh, we got to get through it. Um, I was going to talk about anticipation, but I don't think either of us will have a whole lot of anticipation when what it comes to Ubisoft. What the coming out? <laughs> uh, there's, I guess, nine or 23 Assassin's Creed games that they got planned. Um, and so I'm assuming we're going to see Mirage, um, which is which was announced. Um, what else? I don't know. I would, I would like to know if Beyond Good and Evil 2 is uh, still a thing. Um, I'm sure we'll see more Skull and Bones. Um, I'm sure we will. Maybe some Rainbow Six, like uh, World Championship in Brazil or something. Um some kind of dance stuff, maybe. I'm sure we'll see lots of uh, metaverse and. I won't, never, mind, I won't go down. It's that really, way. it's really sad. Ubisoft's at the point where even someone like me, who who loves a lot of their properties, is just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys got anything that's going to interest me. I think it's a problem with all the the giant uh, companies that used to make like all the games, you know that. Oh, uh, yeah, they're all. 
they're all in that spot now. Yeah, they're like literally nothing exciting coming out of any. Some people might argue with Activision Blizzard. I don't. I think they got nothing coming out. So, um, I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'm 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 stoked about Modern Warfare Two from Activision, but not like super hype like God of War or Elden Ring. Yes, I don't care about anything EA's got coming out. I don't care about anything fucking Activision Blizzard's got coming out. I don't care about anything Ubisoft's coming out. I want to care, mm-hmm. but I can't because they just keep making the same stupid mistakes over and over again. Yeah. And so, like, I sit here and I play, you know, smaller big dev games still, uh, and then indie games. So. Yeah, I mean, they're all just all past the threshold of, like, they have to make a lot of money, and they're all choosing to just try to get in on things that are currently making money after those things already got established. Yeah. And so they're just chasing trends to try and make the money that can be made right there. And Ubisoft has been failing at it because they just cannot make the online game they want to make um, outside of Siege. But that's an old game at this point. But, uh, yeah, like their attempts at Battle Royales have been horrible. Um their attempts at like live service games, uh, Division Two people still play, but like a lot of other games, mixed. Like, I think these companies, the biggest things they need to like read the room. Like, the market is so oversaturated in service games uh, that the market's tired of them. Um, and not to say that one couldn't come out and be successful, but it would have to be a very passionate project and not a yeah. hey, have this plan to get people addicted to this game thing. Because we're all like kind of like we've seen it. Yeah. And we're, it's not like effective anymore. And so we're just like, no, no, I like, I don't want to invest my time into this fucking endless sinkhole where you obviously are just trying to nickel and dime me. Well, that's the thing is like, we're already investing time in other things. Yeah. Uh, you got to bring something big to, to pull people away from that. Like the, you're, you're late essentially might, might not feel like, well, you know, if we could have released this earlier, you'd be playing. Well, yeah, probably that's just how it is. Like, so make something that people like it, that's undeniable that they have to play, not just like, well, we also have a game like that. Well, who cares? I've already put like 500 hours into this one. That's where all my friends are at. Like they got to none of these companies are creating like the new fucking hot game or trend. They're just chasing things. So it's like, you know, we have to look at these like mid, uh, you know, double a developers or like indie developers to create like the cool ideas. And then later it's like these huge triple a companies are like, we also need to get in on that. And it's just like, it's a horrible strategy. It's like, they're just hoping to keep doing that to sustain themselves long enough to just trickle as much money out of those projects as possible to move on to the next cookie cutter fucking project. I mean, it's just, it's just not creatively driven. Exactly. And, And the best games are ones that you could tell like someone had a passion for making it. So. Yeah. It's like you hear a song that's like really great. And then that person just keeps creating that kind of song over and over again. Eventually you're I just don't like, I want to get into music, but yeah, yeah it's just, it's just, uh, it's devoid of, uh, the original, uh, passion that, that created the thing that you really loved before. So, oh, 100%. all right, enough, uh, ranting on the, uh, the state of AAA. Maybe I should just do a rant video on that. But, uh, <laughs> every time it's just sad. Every time Ubisoft comes up, this happens. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just sad. They, they should, uh, they should put their priorities in these stupid projects, but also put some of that resource that they're doing that into passion projects. And 
see if they can create. It doesn't matter. Let's just watch this. You ready? Yep. All right. Ubisoft Forward official live stream from today in 3, 2, 1, and go. I Susan, be kind. True. I might mute parts that uh, Hi, everybody. they're not Thank friendly for us. Thank you so much us. for tuning into the September edition of Ubisoft Forward, the showcase where you get a taste of all the great things we're cooking up. I'm one of your hosts, Neil and Kumar. I'm Yusuf Nagid, and I'm so happy to You're be one here of them, today dude? because oh, this year cool. we're global, streaming in no less than 11 different languages. So a big that's hello impressive. to everyone around the world. We're no also less. live in four sign languages and two audio descriptions, so we got you all covered. Yo, Neil, I love this studio. I feel like we're big time now. Come a long way from being interns. I mean, look at us. Hey, come on, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. But let's get to the real reason why we're here today. Games. If you caught the Ubisoft Forward pre-show, you should already like be caught up on some super exciting updates buddy, from current buddy, releases. Because they now, want you to think the that the companies ran like that and everyone companies happy and friendly. Games, Put a fucking robot up there for like They did. Fact, Two of them. Let's check in with them. You know what I mean. These guys are robots. Well, hello everyone. Stay tuned for the Assassin's Creed showcase coming up later in the show. We'll celebrate the 15th Why anniversary of the this side? amazing franchise and share the future of Assassin's Creed. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back soon. <laughs> I'm definitely we'll not staying here. We'll be catching up the Assassin's Creed crew later in the show. But we also wanted to remind you that right now you're all eligible for a free month subscription no. of Ubisoft Plus, giving you access to some of our best games. <laughs> For more Already information, check the details on the screen games. below. Like and now, fucking... on to the games. Yeah, right. was it what a play? better way to start the show than by diving straight into the mm. colorful world of Mario and the like... Rapids. This latest adventure, oh, Mario Kart. Yeah, and all these things are being absorbed by Game Pass, which is kind of sad. Great for Game Pass, but... Before we catch up with the game's creative director, Davide Soliani, let's take a quick look. I'm just getting kind of burnt out on subscription shit. I think a lot of people are. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, dude. It's a banger. It's funny that some random fucking party game on this. That was the Wii, wasn't it? It's turned into such a fucking brand for them. Was it on Wii? I'm not 100% sure. Hello, everyone. When did I first come on Switch? A few months ago, we gave you an the, the rabbits. Oh, not the rabbits game. I thought you were talking about the attack. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha you now. Showcasing you're the right. game's unique the crazy mix of turn-based combat, mm -hmm. real-time action, and open exploration. We also did a deep dive Del Toro? on our unique team of heroes. I want to thank you so much for your you tremendous feedback. And I know you now want to see more gameplay. So today we are back to show you, for the very first time, a first look at one of the quests from the game, including a this special stage is wild. that we took great pleasure in. Mean, it's full big, AR, yeah. yeah. It's just a big green screen, but... Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Faye, associate producer. <laughs> like game footage, not Welcome final. Welcome to this new video about okay. Lionel Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Today, our heroes travel to Terra Flora Beepo. in their quest to save the sparks. This from the first game. Love that this name. This unusually flurry planet is struck by a drought caused by Cursa's malevolent influence. I barely played the first one, but it looked really cool. I played a little bit. It's uh, it's fun. It's harder than I expected it to be for like a Mario game, but I have to realize it's a Ubisoft game. Yeah. Uh, 
This looks good though, graphically. To help the planet blossom again, Mario and his friends must reach the top of the volcano. Death to get there, me. they will yeah. have to find I, their I, way the reason to I'm the not being so negative say about this, uh, as I, Nintendo characters in it, there's no way Nintendo was just like, what you want? Like They're definitely that's, at it. It, it, <laughs> it gives confidence when Nintendo's involved with it, because Nintendo still hasn't sold their soul, so. With the help of people, I mean, I think we got a little lazy during the Wii generation, but, uh, but they still care about their main products, like... Yeah, for sure. There are many interesting places to visit and secrets to discover on Terraflora. Giant trees, lush plains, and hidden caves. But let's get back like on track. People. It's like you guys are a we long way from Starbucks. It's in your neighborhood. Is he French? I mean... Is that the Ubisoft player right there? Ah, <laughs> Lebois! Oh, I love it. It's sad that this is probably going to be the most exciting thing in this whole Ubisoft board. <laughs> Who's that wild one? That's a good question. Mario's just like, good idea. Just speed up. I'd be pissed if there was just like a weird little rabid version of me hanging out with me. <laughs> just wearing what I'm wearing. He's cosplaying. The Weavier has been enraged by Cursa, and we must stop it before it destroys the train. Interesting transition from cutscene to the battle. Mario and his friends will face numerous enemy archetypes on the battlefield, each with specific strengths and weaknesses. We need to prepare accordingly. Let's speak Bowser first. His huge health stats will allow him to sustain heavy damage. Rabbit Rosalina's signature technique will be key to neutralize enemies while the other heroes focus on the darkness eyes. We'll keep Mario and the team to take advantage of his great mobility skills. Now, the sparks. There are dozens of sparks Dang. you can pair with your heroes. They will grant elemental damage, resistances, help control fucking... battlefield, and much more. Ethering will help uh, Rabbit Rosalina getting behind in enemy it. lines to wreak havoc. Interesting, they kind of turned that into a uh, well, it seems like they're rabbit versions of the stars. Yeah, well, it's just interesting that they chose to use that as Let's like a activate Mario's utility thing. to gain additional splash damage. Thanks to the splash effect, Mario can push the oozer out of the train while he destroyed the electric barrel with his second attack. Damn. Rabbit Rosalina can finish the oozer off. While Bowser takes advantage of the large attack radius of his Bowzooka to destroy two darkness eyes at the same time. Clever, dude. Fast forward. New enemies are spawning behind us. Damn. We must get rid of them. This is pretty heavy. That must have been fucking crazy attack. Yo, Kamehameha. Let's use Mario Spark Glitter to lure those enemies out into the open before triggering Mario's signature ability, Hero Sight. Oh yeah, very good. We slide thing. Let's go. 
It's time for Bowser to get his revenge. Pull out guns. He's lending damage ability. Sometimes you gotta. Combined with the devastating power of Zephyr Break, his chakra spark. This looks pretty fun. Fire, play I have it physically. Yeah, maybe it will. Teamwork and synergies are key to gain the upper hand in battle. That's for switch. Yeah. Now that the back of the train is clear, we must reach the locomotive to destroy the darkness eyes on the Wiggler's back. This won't be easy, as the Lone Wolves will react by shooting any moving hero coming into range. I recently bought, because uh, it was on sale, uh, the Gears they of War tactical game. Oh yeah. Because it was like surprisingly like really good. I played on Game Pass, but I don't play games when they're on Game Pass for some reason. So like I just bought it. That's why I don't have Game Pass. I never use it. That's weird. It's like I'm paying less, but I'm not playing the game, so it's like... That's what they want, though. Yeah, I've been paying them for months. Yeah. I don't use it. So I'm, just, I'm literally just giving Microsoft money. And you're not using the resources. So. It's like having a gym membership and not going to the gym. It's just like, I'll go, I'll do it. A few more turns have passed. Only two darkness eyes remain. But love that new guy. powerful enemies have spawned, and even Bowser cannot withstand their powerful attacks. We have only two heroes left, and the last darkness eyes are far out of attack range. I like that it's not just a battle happening, but, but also like it's like a boss situation where there's like a from one enemy to mechanic the other we have to get like, rid of the final things. Blow. Yeah, and this is more than I remember mechanically, but like yeah, this looks way more advanced. The first game, like the amount of shit that was happening in combat, I was like, wow, this, this is, is not just is a simple strategy game. And so. can their journey. I hope you it's also neat. There's like an element of like platforming mm. in the movement too. Like he was able to launch himself in the air and fly. I hope you, you also, that slide also too. enjoy seeing a little bit of damage as you're passing by people. It's pretty cool. This was only a first taste of our new take on combat. It has intuitive gameplay with of huge tactical possibilities. Thanks to the multiple combination of spots and ingredients. I forgot what I was trying to say. I was like, what did you say? I said stroke for a second. I don't know. I'm just trying to keep up, man. I'm just trying to The release is almost about. there, and we are hard at work to polish our game and deliver the best Mario Plus Rabbids experience on October 20th. So a month from now. We cannot wait for you all to discover this brand new adventure. And that's not all. We have one more big thing to reveal. Hi, Captain. This cosmic journey will not stop at lunch. We have so many wild ideas that we want to explore in the coming year. It is a bit early to announce all of it, but I couldn't resist to give you a small peek at what is to come. Our post-launch plans include three DLCs, and the third one will even introduce a new special playable hero. For me, as a creator, and for many at the studio, it's a dream come true to have him going in an adventure with our dear Rabbit's heroes. I hope you will like the biggest surprise of our season pass. Thank you. I mean, it's cool they're going to be adding heroes to the game. Yeah. And, you know, obviously if the game's good and the DLCs are good, it's cool. I just, that last part was them basically going, hey, we have an idea to further monetize this game. Yeah. So. 
I like how yeah. I like how they reveal it this way. Yeah. I love the rabbits and I love the world of Mario. Of course you I'm do. So glad to see them teaming up once again. Davide is also, so passionate about what he creates. Mario. I can't wait to play his Rayman on my team in this new DLC he's iconic If you like what you just saw, <laughs> I want to dive into the conversations online. Just use hashtag UB Forward. It's up yeah, there. Somebody's like, I hate Mario. I'd be like, why? Back in July, we yeah, revealed weird. the new direction. Yeah, I don't know how. How would that be possible? Since then, the team at Ubisoft Singapore has been hard at work getting the game ready for launch. Let's take a deep dive into the world of Skull and Bones. They seem to release this game, man. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it, but I don't think it's gonna be like amazing. The end of the I don't know. That last century. video we watched of this when really unsold it. Right. Yeah, it killed it for you. For me, I'm just like, yeah, I'll play this, but like at the same time, they ignited a battle. I feel like it could, it could be cooler. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I was looking forward to something that was like. Kind of along the lines of uh, a flood of exotic um, goods from the Indian Ocean. I forgot the Sea of Thieves, but you know, with a creating new addictions, non-cartoony look to it, and maybe some more uh, blood. You know, progression style things to do since you know, Ubisoft. Well, they've been doing the ship combat system since Black Flag, and it's like they got it down. Like it would be a more fulfilling ship combat than Sea of Thieves can offer if they want to go all out on it. And it probably still will be, but it doesn't offer the adventure experience of Sea of Thieves. The pirate part? Yeah. It's just the ship part. I know some people don't like the games being compared, but it's like... How many pirate combat... Pirate ship combat games are there like? I think they've they've definitely made it clear that they're not trying to be that game, right? Yeah, for and sure. That's fine. But they like almost made that game in the, in the, without being able to get off your ship. Yeah. Will you sing to the bottom? So or they just made a versus ship top. game, which is, is fine. But they lost me in the process. This kind of reminds me of, except for with PvP, that uh, top-down ship game we played. Windward. Yeah, that game is really cool. Um, it reminds me of that, except for triple A, third person. You will get access to your own parade lair, known as the. You guys keep saying all this. Here, you kickstart your ascent as a parade kingpin by manufacturing and smuggling illegal and high-value goods to sell to the highest bidder. No longer taking orders from other parades, you'll now be the one calling the shots. But with all the riches now for you taking, you'll also have more to lose. So beware, the vultures are circling. Biding their time to strike you down. Will you fend off parrot rogues eyeing your crap. cargo as you extract your contraband or undone rivals who want a piece of your pie? Maybe you'll plunder forts for their stockpiles and pie. flood the black markets or even go Pirate on treasure pie, hunts to dig up valuable hidden stashes. We've been gathering your feedbacks through our insider programs and other channels. It's an ongoing process that helps us shape skull and bones. Here is what some of our participants have to say about the program. Greetings, pirates. Captain Flint here. My name's Sam, more commonly known as Mr. Stainless. I'm Real Dane. I'm Fuzzy Bond. My name is Spamos. My name's Hippo TC. My name is Mixelplex. This is Venetron. Charging Charlie. Crispy Taylor. I don't know a single one of these people. I joined the Skull and Bones Insider program back in 2021. I've actually been part of the Insider program ever since its inception. I have sailed, plundered, and pillaged my way through multiple testing and feedback sessions. The play tests that I've been doing have been a lot of fun. One of the things that I enjoy about it the most is streamlined feedback. 
feedback actually reaching the developers the developers are passionate about this game i get to connect with other gamers who are just as passionate and excited about skull and bones as i am talk about skull and bones I'm so excited. Oh. We're just months away. I, I, to see dude, I, I get they want to be I like, there's something for everyone. So I'm really we represent the community and we have a good relationship with the community. And we like people and people at Ubisoft video. love each other. And really we had a good environment to work in. It's like, dude, that's awesome. Take 20 seconds at the beginning of this whole thing. Just say that and then just let's get the gameplay going. I don't want to see a bunch of random people I don't know talk about how they're stoked to be in this insider program that I couldn't give a fuck about less. As in the paradise of old, you will always find a ship at the center of the story. Pacing on this is not it, Chief. That is what we want for our pirates. Your ship is your entire world. It is where your success will be decided and how you will be recognized. In Skull and Bones, to build a unique you, ship like that struggling. inspires fear onto your enemies. Just read. I, well, I am. You watch anime? Step one. I just think this is a French anime. This we we did this before, where I, like there were subtitles, and I was like, I wish there was subtitles. Yeah. I was reading them the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it's been such like a because me and you obviously grew up watching uh, you know, foreign things, foreign movies, movies yeah. Yeah. yeah, anime, all that kind of stuff. That like even nowadays, everyone's all talking about. Like, you know, like reading subtitles. I'm like, I forgot that was even like an opinion. Yeah, like because I don't even notice subtitles half the time anymore. You definitely get used to them. I'm like trained to just ambiently look at it and just look right back at what I was looking at and stuff. I had a conversation about recently. Anyway, they're talking about a video game. Now, when you are out in the open sea, it's always best to have a friend or two to watch your back. I thought we were selling it still. In our PvVP world, you can choose to switch off. She's not talking about the game. She's just talking about people working at Ubisoft. We're out in the open sea getting treasure. We all really enjoy each other's company. So you can pirate with your friends, no matter what platform they are on. That's the most interesting part for me is to play this with people. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, they also. Uh, and this is going to be mixed, obviously, depending on what camp you fall in. But they did say you could toggle off the PvP so that you don't have to first people if yeah. you don't want to. Uh, which is good. Uh, it'll allow more people to and be interested in playing it. We'll play the villain. But for the PvP centric people, they're going to find it frustrating. PvP people are going to find it frustrating? Yeah, because you can toggle off PvP. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I gotcha. And so it's the same thing when the Elden Ring co op mod came out, people were bitching because they're like, you, it's just part of the game. Well, yeah. they don't want to do that, though. Well, and once a mod can be made and someone has made it, the conversation's over. It doesn't matter if you think it's the way it should be played. Somebody decided that's not how it's going to be played. So. Well, and mods and I would say indie games are developed because there's something missing. Yeah, as long as, as long as it's not doing anything negative in the game, I don't care. For sure. This did absolutely nothing for me when it comes to Skull and Bones, Oof, but I probably no, will I still pick the game up. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really got from that was the, the toggle thing, which is good, especially for people yeah. who were interested in the ship combat um, that they developed. You know, now they don't have to think whatever they want. If I had to play PvP, I wouldn't mind, because I'm, like, geared for that mentally. Sure, sure. But 
I almost don't want to play PvP because I feel like the combat looks like they're going to be spamming a lot of shots non-stop, and if you have a lot of people in one spot just circling around unloading, it's going to be a clusterfuck. Yeah. But it might be like that with PvE too, so I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll find out when it comes out. I bought this, played it a little bit, and never touched it again. Well, now it's got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, already too much stuff. <laughs> I was looking around, I was like, dude. I, I feel like I'd be playing this game if I knew people played it. Probably. It's not It's not a fun game to play by yourself. It's definitely more of a social thing, yeah. I'd say. I had the most fun with Steep, I think, when uh, when we were playing it for Plus Club. Mm. And some of us uh, and people in the community were playing. Well, yeah, because otherwise, I mean, I can imagine it getting stale really fast. Unless you're just super passionate about the, the sports that are in it. But, uh, well, I actually really did enjoy Steep when it came out. Like, I bought it when it yeah, came yeah, out, yeah. and I thought it was a really great idea. Um, and I would, like, try to just improve my scores and stuff like that. But then after playing with people, I'm like, this is a, this is a social game. This is a game where you should be like, you know, when you crash, like, oh, shit, did you see that? Or, you know, when you're all doing the same jump, trying to get the highest score, there's, like, a there's an element to it that's a lot more fun than being alone on a mountainside. Yeah. Freezing that. Riders Republic Season 4 and the BMX add-on launches in just four days on September 14th. And guess what? You can play Riders Republic for free on all platforms. Details are below. Now it's time to put the spotlight on one of our most successful online action role-playing games. Yep, it's time to catch up on the world of Tom uh, Clancy's The Division. They call it a role-playing game? Hello, uh, everyone. I'm Daria Ilina, community I mean, developer for Tom Clancy's The Division 2. After more than three years, Tom Clancy's The Division 2 is still it's releasing It's weird how when The Division was coming out, they, they kind of advertised this, like, this tactical recap, survival game. And now they're like, so it's, a, online it's an online RPG. It's an online RPG. We introduced Countdown, a no new eight-player PvE endgame mode. Hey, what kind of game is it? Plus the brand uh, new yes. progression feature expertise. Giving <laughs> you new ways to progress your agent and further increase build variety. Legit, though, when we were playing Division 2 a couple months ago, it's still fun. Do you more major updates this year? Season 10 and but I am 11. kind of the point where like, you will be able to I'd enjoy like season 10 price power in just a few days. It will introduce additional difficulty if modes oh, maybe, for countdown. What if they'll show that? The uh, limit, there's like a, I don't care about the mobile one. They got like a mobile division game coming up, and they also have something called like Homeland or something like that. I was wondering what the hell that is. Shape Paragon and Dark Path April events are packed with a variety of new outfits and vanity to give your agent a unique look. To like close out 2022 for the Division <laughs> I feel like this 2, is pre-recorded and they're like lip-syncing. The Not only introducing new Manhunt I mean, targets, I but also familiar right faces so. and a new ally. It will also feature a brand new PvE mode, expanding the variety of activities and We'll share more details about all these features later this year. Now we want Especially to reiterate our that. commitment Later to the long-term future of the Division 2, which is fully supported by our talented developers from Ubisoft teams across the globe. With this in mind, we're happy to announce that we are committed to and have started working on the Division Year 5. The future is bright for the Division 2 and for the Division franchise as a whole. Now I'll hand over to Kerry to introduce you to Tom Clancy, the Division's Heartland. Oh, Harley. Over the last few years, the team at Red Storm Entertainment has been hard at work creating an all-new experience Red Storm's still around? set in the world of The Division. 
You've already rebuilt operations in Manhattan. You've responded to the call in Washington, D.C. And now you're needed in the small town of Silver Creek, I right in the heartland dare of America. I fucking DC trying to call me. I ain't answering shit. Today we're shit. excited to share a first look <laughs> at Go the game voicemail. and some updates from our studio. Here's our creative director, Keith Evans, to tell you a little bit on what to expect yeah, in what the is division it? heartland. What is it, goddammit? Hey, everyone. We're so excited to show you Heartland, an all-new standalone adventure in the Division universe. The teams poured their heart into this game, and we Why? can't wait to share it with you. Welcome to Silver Creek. I'm Keith Evans, creative director in Heartland at Red Storm Entertainment. We've been involved here at Red Storm with the Division going back before the first game launched. Our partnership with Massive Entertainment made some games that we love. We're so excited to bring something new to fans of the franchise. Heartland's a free-to-play survival action shooter set in the Division universe that features streamlined survival gameplay and a beautiful new world to explore. Hmm. You play as a Division agent, given the task of protecting so Silver Creek, a small town Different in Middle bills. America, from enemy factions, like rogue agents, and a deadly oh, contamination. Like this game ties directly into the timeline and introduces all new characters and storylines to the franchise. Heartland feels fresh and distinct while still feeling at home alongside the other amazing games in this universe. I don't universe. like this free-to-play. We can't wait to have you join us in Silver Creek. Uh, accessibility is king for monetization. God, Ubisoft is just like, let's just Follow burn our company down, dude. Social channels to learn more about I mean, hopefully it's, it's, it's fun, right? I hope so, but it's going to have a fucking battle pass. It's going to have all this microtransaction experience. bullshit. It's not going to feel premium. And it's going to be like, make sure to come back every day to do your dailies and then come Finally, back and do your fucking weeklies. Make sure to buy currencies. You know what kind of feels like to me? Boring. It almost feels like, what's that, Metal Gear? The zombie one. The team is hard at work preparing what comes next. Not really zombie, but whatever. The one you build a base and you keep people out of it. Who has participated in the closed alpha Kojima playing left. solo or cooperating with others to complete well, the taste survived. of the game's yes. unique campaign yeah. and open world activities? Uh, it feels like the same Your kind of like thought process of just as we keep fine tuning and improving the game. Mm -hmm. Today, we're so, happy to announce that a closed beta test is coming this fall. This will be an opportunity to play the iconic conflict PvP modes and for the first time on mobile, the Dark Zone. We leave you with a look at the trailer. Oh, this is the mobile game. Yeah. This is an instant. I don't care for me, but there are a lot of people who play mobile games. So. Who? Where are they? Kids? I don't know. I don't know anybody who plays these games. At the point now though where like I have to have dedicated time to play a game. I'm like I'm gonna play games right now. It's not gonna be on my fucking phone. So I'm like sitting here on my PC or you know on my PS5 or whatever. But if I'm like out and about, I'm not like, well I got 15 minutes to play some division. The same people stream both Call of Duty and Apex Mobile. And Apex Mobile's out? Yeah, I think that was a thing. And then uh PUBG as well. I've seen that. People stream that. I was like, oof, yes, yeah, not a topic of interest for me. Yeah. 
And that's probably exactly why this exists. Yeah. It's because they're like, well, they're doing it. We got to do it. We want to make that money too. Well, mobile's more accessible, I think, than probably most platforms. So. Yeah, because it's free to play games so kids get them. And they just fucking spend their parents' money on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're super excited to see the Dark Zone coming to mobile. If you want to get a chance to test it out, don't forget to register now on the Resurgence website. Oof, I want that sweet, sweet multiplayer action in the palm of my hand. You ain't gonna play Speaking it. Speaking of which, there's another iconic multiplayer game that was recently announced, Rainbow Six Mobile. Let's take a quick look at what the dev team have in store for Sick, us following dude. their successful like, first test. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't watch this. I like how we're watching this, just complaining. I mean, I, I think that alone says a lot, but... Toxic at home, you can be toxic on the go. I was about to start playing the Battlefield song. I can't even show anything. <laughs> That was literally Hello just everyone. So you're going to play a lesser version of an old of game on your phone? It's been a big, exciting year for our game. Where the hell is goddamn Beyond Good and Evil 2? Just answer that. Place earlier this year. It was amazing finally getting to see how our players and community reacted to the game, and we couldn't be happier with the initial feedback. Rainbow Six Mobile is a free-to-play game designed from the ground up specifically for mobile devices. When we started production, our objective was crystal clear to bring the Rainbow Six universe to the mobile platform and allow more I mean, people than ever before. It seems like that would be the objective if that's what you plan on doing. This competitive, tactical, and team-based FPS experience. Our mission is to develop the best Rainbow Six experience possible on mobile, and we can only do that with your help. The dev team and I first want to thank I wish I wish we could come to a compromise where all these free to play games that are just that battle passes and microtransactions you and make those but put them on mobile for the people who want that and want to play on mobile then it's just out of my out of my sight I don't got to deal with it and then make the premium games where I'm playing games at and uh, I'd be happy cuz then I don't have to worry about the mobile or the free to play shit that we are entering a new phase for Rainbow Six Mobile the beta test the closed beta starts this Monday, September 12th. Can't wait, dude. And the good news is that Android users can still pre-register on Google Play for a chance to participate. Just a quick note Android for iOS user, users, don't worry. We are working hard on our iOS version, and you will hear from us in the near future for upcoming tests. I got tests. you covered. So, I don't give a shit. What can you expect to see in the game during the beta test? I don't test? even play normal Rainbow Six. Our biggest addition is the first stage of our operator unlock and can be system. upset if you started this playing Rainbow Six on mobile. This means really good. It's like, okay, why don't you play the other and even one? even a battle pass to progress through. On top of that, we have some great graphical and gameplay improvements, social features like voice chat and persistent teams, and a more streamlined menu flow. You will also be able to compete in three iconic Rainbow Six maps. Bank, Border, and the newly added Clubhouse. Can't wait, Keep in mind, dude. This is still a work in progress version of the game. Graphic quality and content are much improved from our alpha test. You can say but that, still but people are going to judge immediately. As we continue along this exciting road to release, we must move forward alongside you, our players and fans. 
We believe this is the only way to deliver the best game experience possible. And we are dedicated to developing Rainbow Six Mobile in as transparent and collaborative way as possible with our players. Now, yeah, you collaborate you by in which giving them the options to give you their money. Starting this Monday. Well, wherever you got, dude, you want to do it through in this next video. Uh, you know, Thank Android, you for all your support and see you in the through your beta. mobile provider, through PayPal. Take a credit card. Why even show the teaser if you're gonna show a trailer? I don't know. Just like earlier, they showed a little bit like, now here's a trailer. It's like, what? Show it all at once. Yeah, just the, the intense music and the all the shooting stuff, and it's just like somebody's gonna be on their little screens, <laughs> slowly and stiffly moving their character around with auto aim, auto or aim assist shit. Use the controller, I'm sure. I've, I've paired a PS4 controller to my phone. Not for this. No, it's for Minecraft, but. <laughs> Well, for Diablo, about one day. Diablo Immortal, dude. I won't touch that game. Give them all the money. No. Okay. Yeah. See it. Let's go. Ubisoft. You guys are, you guys are pissing me off. The Rainbow Six Mobile closed beta starts on September 12th. Here at Ubisoft, we're developing some world-class partnerships with some very big players in the industry. Here to tell you a little bit more about it is a very special guest. Hi. How special? I'm Mike Perdue from Netflix. As you know, we've started to offer a selection of mobile games on our service. And today, I'm excited to announce our partnership with Ubisoft to continue bringing great games for players all around the world. Over the next few years, not one, not two, but three games from Ubisoft's most beloved franchises will become exclusively available to Netflix members. Is the first game is Valiant Hearts 2. A sequel to the award-winning first game, directed by the original core team, Apple TV and available in here. to play in January 2023. You know what? I'm going to do us all a favor. Which brings us to a very special offer that we definitely haven't referenced before. Not Check interested in Netflix collaborations. You Ubisoft makes the games you know and love, and that's only this is Ubisoft Plus. a lot of free games in a one month. Second you sure mention can, of the show. so be sure to sign up right now. Next up, we have an update that I know Trackmania okay. fans are going to be They're excited about. Okay. We think you're really going to like this next trailer. I'm about to say, I can, I can sit here and bitch about the mobile stuff. I'm not here to watch uh, TV commercials. TV commercials and subscription stuff. Yeah. I know Trackmania was still a thing. I'm surprised they haven't made a new one. I see. Uh, but I guess they always are just adding things to it. So. Clips of, you know, clips here and there still on it. So. I feel like it's like one of those games that ha probably has like a pretty dedicated uh, dedicated fan base. Yeah. Yeah. It's about to begin. <laughs> Might be the only game that's keeping them afloat, dude.
really is one of the only things I've, I've seen that kind of reminds me of like that old school like 64 era of racing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played Trackmania a long time ago. It was, it was fun enough. Hmm. So it'll be on everything? Literally? I thought it was. Guess not. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Augustin Hello. De Vita, producer on Trackmania at Ubisoft Nadeo. To the excitement of its 10 million fans, Trackmania is back on consoles and streaming platforms early 2023. And the first bit of good news is that crossplay and cross progression will be available across oh, nice. all platforms. This progression? PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Stadia, and Luna. Dude, I can't play, or I can't wait Trackmania to play on Stadia and Luna, dude. With I forgot no Luna's even a thing. But we do offer I two think you get it for having Prime. More so. social and community features. Do you? You will still you experience might. that same adrenaline rush on extraordinary tracks, be solo or online with hundreds of live opponents. We have lots of features to keep you racing. There's a new seasonal official campaign every three months, esports events like the Cup of the Day with thousands of players, the track of the day which highlights our players' creativity, and you can team up with your friends to play in the Royal or Ranked game modes. And ranked. that's not all. Trackmania is the best place for creators to unlock their full imagination. With its industry-leading and powerful track editor featuring thousands of blocks and items. After its PC launch two years ago, the game is stronger than ever. With two hundred and eight. One thing I don't like about how Ubisoft does their presentations worldwide. now is they. The great news is that the last like three of them, I feel like this all been the same thing. Is the they sit down, have a fake conversation, they give you a teaser, and then they bring someone out to tell you their life story, and then they show you gameplay. And it's like the way it's fragmented. It's just like the flow sucks. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate that they're giving you, the like, a shitload of info, but, We're like, the format is just, like, I feel, no I feel like I'm an investor at a meeting, and they're trying to convince me why I should invest Welcome in the their club. idea. Yeah, I see that. I also kind of hate this, like, constant, like, floating camera, and then them switching to a still camera thing as if this is, like... Uh, moving on. Let's jam out I to our next release. Know, man. It's for Rocksmith Plus, right? Oh, uh, sure is, Neil. They're just putting a if lot of, like, of learning the guitar, Rocksmith Plus production into something that probably doesn't need that level of production. Ah, that's a very famous song. Sorry, what, what was the last thing you said? I, I, was, I was, it's fine. I, I was just going to say it's a, it's a lot of production for something that doesn't need yeah. to have that much production, right? There's a reason, like, uh, the people at Nintendo, they, they're sitting in like a, a box, basically. They say the thing, they show the trailer, like, yeah. um, or Sony doesn't say shit. They just go, here you go. Yeah. Because they're respecting your time. Yeah. They're not trying to message anything to you. They're just going like, hey, here's a game. This is what it looks like. Hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah, I bet you there's a 10-minute cut of this somewhere. Just Probably. Showing, like, there's so much fat you could cut from this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, which I shouldn't have to feel that way. Like, I don't mind watching a long show, but I need to be, like, wanting to be here. Mm -hmm. So. always wanted to learn how to play the guitar, and I feel like Rocksmith Plus is the perfect tool to get me started. Well, if you're going to learn guitar, you should also practice your dance moves. You mean these dance moves? <laughs> how could I forget? Well, for those of you who like tearing it up on the dance floor like Yusuf, our next game is right up your alley. This year, get ready to step into who's a this new era that, of who's, just dance. Who's watching Let's him do that? Let's check out all the laughing. exciting surprises the team's been working on. 
I'm gonna say probably nobody, but he's getting paid to do that. Sure. I'm just. Wilson's girlfriend? Yes. What kind of song are you gonna play, dude? Oh shit, it's the ring. This is spooky. I hate how they look. Nope. JT, dude, you're gonna play JT on my channel? That's risky. I didn't even know that was who sang that song. So yeah, um, for anybody watching, you can see what we're looking at. For anybody listening, it's just uh, a Just Dance commercial where people are hopping around and the one guy's like blue-skinned and the other person's like a glowing white color. Um, they're a clown. They look like they, a clown. They look like Literally. clown royalty. And then it's playing some Justin Timberlake, so that's why you're not hearing sound. Um, because I know I'm going to get dinged because, for that. Because, Susan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the energy of this uh, Ubisoft forward is just kind of low. Kind of just waiting for, uh, you know, to see some Assassin's Creed Mirage. See what the hell they're doing with that. And the people who make Just Dance must do a shit ton of drugs. <laughs> Somebody does, for sure. Whoever whoever <laughs> was involved with this. Are we free? And I'm the senior yeah. producer on Just Dance. And I am Matthew Tomkinson, creative director. Over the past decade, Just Dance has become a fan favorite around the world. Whether it offers you an instant mood boost, a sense of community, a creative outlet, or a way to stay active, dancing is a form of expression that speaks to everyone. With this in mind, our passionate team has been hard at work on the latest installment to bring you even more ways to dance. This year, just Dance offers a renewed experience with a new art direction, user interface, and an optimized recommendation system that finds playlists and songs that fit your every mood. We also invite you to discover brand new characters and follow them into immersive cool. stories across rich visual and musical universes inspired by the latest hits and old-time classics. The game is live at heart. And it will continue to evolve throughout the year with new songs. So Just Dance modes, is just a season, live service now? Yeah. I mean, there that makes complete sense. I'm surprised that no one made like a DDR for starters, like that. For the first time ever in Just Dance, yeah. you can enjoy the I'm new online surprised. player experience <laughs> that will allow you to dance. Because <laughs> like, I was thinking about that you want, a while no ago. Like if you said like... Uh, with this feature, you can yeah, you're trying to sell the peripherals still. I don't know if people are in the market for that anymore, but like a, a, a DDR pad, Let's and then just have like a live service together. DDR where there's like song Here packs. Is the new homepage of Just Dance. It makes sense. Yeah, well, I also feel like, um, as much as I don't want to necessarily encourage everything Let's to be a live service, and, and things when it comes to like music, certain Hello, things, there's licenses that expire after a while. You kind of saw that issue with, I can't remember what game it was, but they had to like, it had to get like pulled off stores because the license or the music expired or some shit. Let's jump into the song if you want to party. Is this a riff song? Uh, I would just pause it just, or mute it in case. Skipping. Just Dance? Okay. 
Personally, I can't wait I just, to it's just all too, my friends around too the world. minds, man. Yes, Neelam, that I'm like walking around. around the world. <laughs> anyway, Just Dance 2023 edition launches this holiday season, allowing you to finally dance with your friends wherever they are on the planet. As you might know, 15 years ago, we released a game that changed the world of video games. You with did? Assassin's Creed, we introduced the new gaming universe capable of transporting you back to the It's not the same game anymore. Altair took assassinations to the next level. I'm really curious about the and game now, Jade Raymond's working on for, I think, Sony. She was around for when the first Assassin's Creed came out. To show you where the brand is going in the future. And we even have several surprises and announcements for you. Like, dev team is working on, like, a shooter or something for PlayStation. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, I'm really curious about that. Because when they're talking about how they revolutionized things or changed things in game, I'm like, yeah, the first Assassin's Creed was like a big deal Hello when it first came out. And thank you for joining us. There's for this the motherfucker himself. Ubisoft Forward. I would like to congratulate all Ubisoft teams around the world for their tremendous work. <laughs> yeah, he just stays the same looking. Incredible games to life. He's got the money and to too. all the players watching <laughs> us. Thank you for the passion Fucking you have for our game. Using all that baby Creating blood. memorable himself young, and unique dude. experiences is what drives us every day. Speaking of passion for games, we are celebrating 15 years since the first Assassin's Creed. Altair, Ezio, Arnaud, Bayek, Cassandra, Evor, many of you have lived memorable moments with these characters, making history your playground learning, challenging yourself, and most importantly, having fun. With your support, Assassin's Creed went beyond a collection of games. It helped shape the face of the video game industry. Is this the studio or his house, dude? An inspiration this place is swanky. It's absolutely not his house. <laughs> I would now, love if that was his house. Let's see <laughs> what's next. Ubisoft <laughs> memorabilia everywhere. Universe. The motherfucker probably didn't want to think about Ubisoft ways at all. Probably. So. Here's the problem with this Ubisoft Ford is it's too long already. And it feels like it's full of filler. True. It's like let's jerk ourselves off to you know, 15 years of Assassin's Creed. Are you ready for this? It's like, yeah, it's cool, but we don't need like a whole presentation are. for that. Come on, don't be shy. Don't let a fancy suit impress you. Don't let a thousand fancy suits impress you. Don't let anything impress you. Especially celebrating Assassin's Creed as like a collective is really weird because you have people who like the older Assassin's Creed, you have people who like the newer Assassin's Creed, and then you have people who don't agree what the what ones of the newer ones are the good ones. Yeah. Because a lot of people think Origins is the best one, and a lot of people really liked Valhalla. Everyone seems to be kind of like, you know, uh, Odyssey was cool but too big. Um, and then some people were like, I want to go back to the old school games. And then a lot of people are just like, Assassin's Creed 2 is like the best. And then you have people who are like, Black Flag's the best. It's like, it's just funny to be like, the bigger picture. series of Assassin's Creed. Like, yeah, you guys have done so many different things with it, though. Like, Go too far. You have like different fan bases. Go yeah. For one property. It's really weird. Face the invisible. The impossible. The unspeakable. Welcome. I wish they'd do something like Unity again, only not History. be buggy, because the multiplayer component of that was pretty fun. Yeah. Hello, 
everybody, and welcome along to the first ever Assassin's Creed showcase. It is time to leap into history. I'm Danny Wallace here in our top secret hideout where I'll be bringing you some sneak peeks, special guests, and sharing some very exciting updates on all things Assassin's Creed. That could be very top secret for sure. I am joined by a true expert, Assassin's Creed's senior community developer, Ubisoft's own Alice Terrett. Welcome to the show. Alice, can you believe it's been 15 years? Thank you so much, Danny. I cannot believe it's been 15 no. years. I mean, it's I can. It's a series but very close to my heart because uh, I'm in it. I'm lucky enough to voice uh, Sean Hastings, who first appeared back in Assassin's Creed 2. Now, Sean time sounds passage. exactly <laughs> like me, which may give you a clue as to the limits of my acting range. This year, we are celebrating 15 years since the release of the first Assassin's Creed. It's been an amazing journey with our community that started back on the rooftops of the Holy Land. It has taken us to Fun the Italian tidbit. Renaissance, Only into the game of revolutionary I ever, wars, uh, first to ancient game. worlds, and to many say, incredible places in between. Things. First, the first game I ever got every achievement. And been to breathtaking Damn. locations, yeah. allowing you to leap into history and relive pivotal moments from our past. It's been a phenomenal 15 years, and we and are so glad that really you came along for the ride. I didn't play a whole lot ride. of Assassin's Creed. That was pretty much like that was the Assassin's Creed I played. That, that was it. For the 15th anniversary of Assassin's Creed. We want to truly really celebrate with you, our community. Touch Black's we know that you've been dying to find out what's next for Assassin's released. Creed. And so, so uh, they're fun. Uh, just on that point, it does sound a lot like you're about to announce a new game or something. And I am about to announce a new game. I just thought it'd be nice since I'm here. I so anyways, uh, it's time to discover what we've been crafting in the shadows. I hope you brought a trailer at least. I have. Roll the trailer. My son, Abneus Hawk, are you ready to give up who you once thought you were? I am. Ready to sacrifice everything you held close? I am. I read that the next Assassin's Creed they're working on is going to go back to being like a single character and more like the original games, which is kind of interesting. Took that like a man, Jesus. Yeah, he didn't even fucking care. Stay your blade from the, You're just like, oh. the innocent. 
hide in plain sight. Never compromise the Brotherhood. You figure throughout history in all these different countries across the world, there have always been people in these white robes without fingers killing people. Uh -huh. that, like that that info would circulate eventually and like, you're walking down the street and you're like, that motherfucker's an assassin. Acting like they had the internet or something. Or it gets around. Forward. I learned a very important lesson to you not just start throwing fire at people. A hidden one. Too bad he does. Yeah. Well, will you? Yeah, it's just a weird, uh, weird backpedal. Everybody, mm -hmm. and here to tell us more. Especially because Ubisoft people like Bordeaux's the new format. Director, yeah, so. it's like they can't decide what to do. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having maybe me. they're gonna go Sarah, back and forth. But they do have multiple Assassin's Creed projects happening at once, so maybe they are gonna adventure. dabble in trying well, to do the more We've dedicated, less freeform, pick-your-character kind of thing, and just try to make a more traditional game, game. Yeah. You know, more narrative-driven game. game. Uh, we've been focusing on stealth, and then also make what they've been doing. Now, I've been playing a lot of Valhalla recently, and from watching that trailer, I couldn't help but notice Basim. Yes, you're right. It's Basim. It's 20 years before Valhalla, so it's a young Basim that is going to be coming from a street thief to a master assassin. Oh, fantastic. And, and so where does his kind of adventure begin? Well, it begins in Baghdad. Uh, it's the beautiful, magnificent, vibrant city of Baghdad that you're going to roam through They're the game. They're all Baghdad. And it's, um, yeah, it's a very dense city where you're going to meet a lot of different people. That's amazing. I know our community is going to be very excited to explore Baghdad. Um, so, Sarah, what can you tell us that makes really? Mirage special to you specifically? Well, to me, obviously, it's all about the story. So, as you saw, we have a couple of charismatic characters, starting from Basim. So, Basim is our lead character. We do have Russian that you spotted in the trailer. Uh, she's Basim's mentor. We also have a lot of historical characters, like in every Assassin's Creed, so political leaders, for example, but not, not just. Uh, we do have a couple of very, very interesting characters in there. Well, what a setting and, and what history to get your teeth into. But What's it offering, about though? Exclusives here. As, like, the next more? game. Yes, I do. Good. Uh, did you recognize the voice from the trailer? I did, actually. Can I, can I, can I reveal it? Can I reveal it? Yeah, if you know. It was the Emmy-winning actress, wasn't it? Shori Agdashlu. It was. It was. Yeah, you got it right. Good. Yeah, we're thrilled to have her in the cast. She's going to be portraying Russian. So she's going to be the voice of... Basim I mean, really, the only thing here um, so far that, I'm, that I'm taking from this that I actually do have some semblance of interest in is because they're making it more narrative-focused. Well, mm -hmm. and um, we were lucky I might actually be interested in just because I do and like... And she had this very special message. Um, you know, effectively going through a story and then having an ending point. Um, the thing I worry about is with specifically Assassin's Creed. Or Ubisoft games in general, like how much extra bullshit's in the game, though. Like, you know, how many collecting items, how many little, you know, treasure chests here and there type of deal. Like, 
if it's going to be narrative focused, I hope they kind of like just don't have all that shit and just let me play through a story that they craft through, have like good cutscenes, yada yada yeah. type of deal. Um, but I mean, effectively, she's going to be their version of like a PlayStation game, if you kind of put it that way. So, playing such a character is a unique opportunity that I could not. We'll see. I won't write this one off. <laughs> I uh, I only see like gameplay for sure, but I'm just really confused on what they're doing with Assassin's Creed. Like they gotta they gotta figure out the tone they're going for. I do think the storytelling in the earlier Assassin's Creed games resonated with people much more though than the newer games. I think the newer games are just more fun what a nice to explore and play and more gratifying to progress well, through but I think people take a good story over fun sandbox gameplay any day world. So finally, I, think, I think it's for different people but like yeah if you have like a, a really good story that resonates I mean that's that's the huge indicator for me of like if I love a game or not is if it's fun and has a great story if it doesn't have a great story but it's fun I'll play it there's definitely like a big dialogue right now too about people like being kind of burnt out on and other exclusive yeah. I think they actually took note of that. Thank you, Sarah, for being with us um, today. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Well, and they've, they've received the same right. complaint twice we'll now. Odyssey was too big with too much shit. And then they made Valhalla smaller, but I heard everybody who bought the game because they heard that say that it's still huge. So they might be trying to counter that with just making like a single city with a story. Out of the dark, you come into the light. From the light. Will return to the dark. I just think people don't have as much time as they they once did, you know, play are games. And so these huge games are just kind of daunting. Well, there's some name too. They gotta yeah. think about the prizes, plunder, and adventure ahead. Yeah, be curious to see um, obviously future updates on the game, no, see how it looks and stuff. Because uh, I kind of like playing done games from time to time, just to actually get through something. Mm -hmm. so. Please. I've been saying it for years. Where the fuck's the, Jap the Japan setting? They won't do it. So much, like, and I get it, you're in Europe. So, I do not remember making so much Europe and like, Middle East and, and, this uh, life. and shit like that. Scandinavia? Yeah, and totally fine. I'm glad you guys do something different every time. Help me out. <laughs> what is a man but the sum of his memories? We are the stories we live. One time they kind of touched the Asia. The tales we tell game. ourselves. Oh. China, yeah, right. Gentlemen, as is custom yeah. among our kind, I think it's also like a Russian one too. I don't remember the though. I'm not the most well uh, versed on Assassin's Creed. Just played Collective it. Madness. Uh, pretty much ever since one, but yeah. I've only beaten a couple of them. From darkness we have yeah, come, and Here in darkness it. we shall stay. We are the hidden ones. But I know because they kind of did like a saga of Ezio, that's one that people talk about the most when it comes to like the best story. Yeah. It is a good life we lead, brother. The best. They never change. I almost felt like a Square Enix presentation. 
the 15 year thing. Well, so many memories there. Makes me want to jump back in and just play through the whole series again. Yeah, and play the well, single Mary, one. The whole thing, get real. We also have a new documentary out today, which gives a behind the scenes look at the last 15 years of Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. Let's take a sneak peek. For me, Assassin's Creed represents my whole uh, um, video game in the career. It's really like where I learned my job, uh, where I grew uh, in, uh, in my job. So that was really the game that showed to me, hey, you gotta step it up, but like you gotta move on from the PS2. And I fell in love ever since. For me, in the universe of video games, Assassin's Creed remains a license extremely important. Assassin's Creed, especially in those early days, was showing people what could be done in this kind of broad, open space. Just like climbing up things and just looking at this world and being like, oh wow, I've never done this in a video game before. We're always looking for the next Assassin's Creed, no matter which one is your favorite. You'll always be tied to it because of just how connected they've kept you in from the beginning. It's not just a game. It has uh, a philosophy okay, behind okay. it. It's a unit. It's <laughs> not just this a This is like one of the first times ever time, in the history of this channel that I've wanted to like skip segments like of presentation because they're not, that, uh, they're just like life. jerking themselves off about Assassin's Creed, which I'm sure if you're a fan of Assassin's Assassin's Creed, this might be cool, I don't know. Oh yeah, some but, validation in there or whatever. But, yeah, for watching a thing about, like, the games, like, forward for yeah, Ubisoft, worth um, watch to me. there's right. a lot of just kind of, like, somewhere on the internet? Yes, it will be discussing on the uh, You can catch it on stuff, the Ubisoft not that and GTV YouTube channels, but don't go anywhere just yet. No. So, back to business, and I've just finished the Dawn of Ragnarok expansion for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I had a great time. But I would like some more. Yeah, that's one of our most ambitious. I would like some more today. good time. But Danny, if you want more, I've got great news. He's a fucking one game guy, or what? Coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. He's a liar. That's what he is. He's an actor. Hello, everyone. Definitely. I'm Gareth Glover, game director on Assassin's Creed Valhalla's post-launch. Since launch, we've continued this to create new and exciting content for our community yeah. to enjoy. I don't know. We've already released well, new game modes and activities into the world of Valhalla, such as oh, maybe. Race, I mean, I, Tombs of the Fallen, maybe they got rid of somebody because I know Ubisoft was one of those companies that had like people getting in trouble for doing shitty stuff in the workplace for, for not being decent human beings. Yeah. So let's take an exclusive first look. You have so many employees and shit's gonna happen. So. I feel you. Should not that. You, I, yeah, not that it should, but it's gonna. An uproar of memories stretching far into the past. I have done all I can for my people. It is time to say goodbye and set forth for distant shores. She smoke and a lot. New adventures. Yeah, no, this this Ubisoft Forward is wearing on, man. I'm starting to feel like her right now. Take a nap before a flight. Well, obviously, I wonder. Sick, bro. The last chapter is a free quest arc, which nicely ties up some of the storylines established throughout the game. We'll see Eivor reunite with some key characters, 
including some influential historical ones. We can't wait for you to experience it. Back to you, Danny and Alice. I'll get back to Danny, them. Mm. Are you ready for some more exclusives? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed already, but please go on. Okay, well, our next guest can do just that. He's no stranger to the Assassin's Creed family with a list of credits, including creative director of Assassin's Creed Syndicate and producer of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm, of course, talking about Mark Alexi Cote. Mac, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Alice. It's great to be here, and I, I love what you've done with the place. Thank you. Uh, so let's start with our community. Can you tell so us what makes talk, Assassin's Creed so beloved games? by our global community? I don't know. Well, Ubisoft, if our mission as a company, as expressed yeah, by Key, is to enrich yeah, the lives sure. of players. On Assassin's Creed, we have a very clear take. So I'm very happy to announce today our very first open-world Assassin's Creed mobile. game for mobile. Uh, it will and feature Asia all the iconic Assassin's Creed gameplay it's what they deserve, optimized apparently. for an experience on touch controls. And I, I just like can't wait to tell you more them. about the story and the setting. Probably. Let's take a look at the trailer. This is a really bad presentation. Yeah, it's pretty bad. When I'm thinking about the time, it's not not good. Gameplay. I'm gonna show the map first. Great wall. Do a lot of stealth in there. Codename Jade. Well, look at that. A brand new Assassin's Creed game set in China. It looks amazing. Uh, Matt, can Did you tell it? us a little bit more about the features? Yeah, it's amazing. Show well, for the first time in our open world games, you can create your own character. You'll get the chance to do things like parkour atop the Great Wall of China, sneak Just through bustling cities, line. engage in intense combat, and discover the secrets of vastness of ancient China. Well, that leads me to my next question. So, Mac, many of us know that a Netflix show is in development, and the community would like to know more. What else can you tell us? Well, it's still early in development, but I can confirm that we are co-developing the Netflix series. They are really going crazy with Assassin's Creed. They're like, Netflix, dude, we got to spread this all over the place. We need to make five new games. We need a show. It's they did a movie already. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But that's not the only thing we have in development with Netflix. We also have a new mobile game in development for their platform. Sick. Wow. So you're doing quite a lot with Netflix. And just out of interest, there's no reason for me to ask this. This is just, this is just curious. A lot of people probably want to know. Who, who, who is the casting director for that? Who's a lot of people? Why do you want to know? No, I'm just, uh, just that a lot of people sure have been someone uh, tweeting in about that. Well, we'll put his name on screen. Ugh. I'll talk to you after about that. Uh, in the meantime, let's take a look at the wider world of Assassin's Creed. What does that mean? Mm 
is this? This is codename Red. Okay. Our next premium flagship title and the future of our open world okay, RPG so they're doing both. They are. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. It is being developed by Ubisoft Quebec. The studio behind I mean, they have the resources. That's kind of interesting. Under the uh, Ubisoft has the resources. They, they make so many games, it's it stupid. It will let yeah. players explore one of their most awaited settings ever on the oh. franchise, Feudal Japan. And it's happening. Very powerful shinobi fantasy. Wow. I mean, people have been waiting for this for a long time, haven't they? Yes, they have. Well, they certainly have. Now you brought it to them. It's amazing. Which is good. And you're slightly cruel. They're really just trying to go after two different with markets with this that. now. Yeah. Because they're like the people who uh, like the old Assassin's Creed. Uh, we're taking you back to like the right Middle well, East. And uh, we're making it more narrative driven. And then they're like, people who like this RPG stuff, we're going to give you the Japanese Assassin's Creed you've been wanting. And realistically, I'm actually slightly interested in both of them. Yeah. So. It is a very different type I like of Assassin's Creed game. game. The, the, the play style, I should say. And you may have brought us uh, something that we can watch now. Yes, here it is. There's just so much bullshit in the middle of this. This presentation is sloppy. I'm just glad there's something to talk about now. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a different game? Well, the surprises just keep on coming. What can you tell us about this project? Well, this is Codename Hexay, and I can't wait for our fans to tear apart that trailer and find out all its what? secrets. What trailer? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and work out the code name. You guys have always got code names for stuff. There was, um, was it a year ago, there was Codename Infinity. Where are we with that? Yeah, what's up well, with that? That's a great question, Danny, and I'm happy to give you a little bit more about Project Infinity. Uh, today, it's going to be the single entry point for our fans into the Assassin's Creed franchise into the future. So are you saying that players will be able to explore their very own animus, kind of like a time machine? Exactly, Alice. Infinity is going to be a hub that will unite all our different experiences oh, and that. our players together in meaningful ways. So, obviously that begs the question, if you're connecting players and there's more than one player a lot of people will be thinking are we talking multiplayer well danny it seems we can't hide anything from you you can't so it seems like you're all very good at investigating how regurgitating your scripts bring back standalone multiplayer experiences into the assassin's creed universe okay, i'm interested all in connected to the infinity multiplayer of. assassin's creed well it sounds extraordinary you must it's really weird man because i feel like energy wise i'm just not fucking so, feeling uh, this but some of the announcements they're uh, making like this interest there's some yeah. breadcrumbs in here for sure yeah because yeah. yeah. i am interested in um, both assassin's creed projects i want to know what that hexay thing is well and then they're talking about multiplayer assassin's creed which i would play so i'm just like maybe the future of assassin's creed is is sounding kind of interesting but goddamn they're doing a horrible job fucking presenting it the hexay thing what, it almost Let's comes off like horror Yeah, well, yeah. Hex seems like witch stuff. Year, yeah. I was gonna make a Blair Witch joke when it came out of the thing, but I was like, I don't know what the hell that would even be. Maybe they're making their own 4v1 game. In 2023, we'll see the release of the next <laughs> Maybe the Assassin's the Killer, and then yeah. the people are trying to get murdered. From street thief to master assassin. Then it's time for the long-awaited setting of Feudal Japan, with Assassin's Creed codename Red. 
And as Mac announced, there will also be a very different type of experience with Assassin's it's, Creed. It's like people got bored of Assassin's Creed, and, and then they made Syndicate as the final straw. And people were like, no, nope, we don't want to play this shit. And like, okay, well, we're going to make into a JRPG. Or not JRPG. We're going to make into an RPG. And they did that, and people were like, we like this. And then they made three of those. And people were like, we like this, we like this. And they're like, they like Assassin's Creed. Let's make more Assassin's Creed. Let's make nine different fucking games. I don't care about Netflix. I don't care about Netflix. Or the mobile. Yeah. All you have time, dude. You have so much time. Too comfortable in our hideout and end up slipping into my Ezio cosplay as normal. I just want to thank everyone for joining us today and making this first ever showcase so special. Plus, of course, a big thank you to our guests. And I shouldn't do this, Alice, but that guy is fucking out of there. What's the one? I would be too. Forward to. That's a very tricky question. You read all that bullshit and act the way you want. Okay. I will choose Mirage, the Netflix series, and also Feudal Japan. Is that okay? That's fine. Great. And for all of you at home, remember that you can pre-order Mirage no, now. Doing that. In the meantime, you can jump back into Valhalla to prepare for Eivor's last chapter. Which is exactly Mirage sounds what I'm going to do. It's promising. I want to see something on it, though. Yeah, I, want to, I just want to see the gameplay. I mean, yeah. you know, Next if time. it's... Bye-bye. What they showed, it just looks like Assassin's Creed. So I need to see what they're doing with it. But that was one hell of a show. It is interesting. That, um, that was one hell of a show. That they're trying both well, approaches. It it's almost like they're testing the market to see which direction you guys want to go in. They kind of have to since fucking everything they've released lately has dog shit. Well, if you need a reminder of all the upcoming games featured today, head to our website at Ubisoft.com. And remember to grab that free month of Ubisoft Plus. You won't want to miss it. Thank you all for watching Around the Globe. We'll see you next time. I got shit to do, guys. That's it. All right. Well, that was that presentation. Um, I don't think we'll have a whole lot to discuss because I feel like we just kind of made it very blatant throughout that whole presentation, how we felt about it. But I think the big takeaways are essentially just the Assassin's Creed stuff. There's obviously a huge future in Assassin's Creed uh, going forward. Um, it seems like they are going all in on it. That could be a mistake, but it does seem like they're giving themselves some buffer room in case one thing doesn't work. They'll have something else out unless they all suck. Um, but uh, we've both expressed at this point that uh, uh, both projects sound cool. Mm. Um, I'm interested in the multiplayer because when they have experimented with multiplayer in Assassin's Creed, I've enjoyed it. So um, I, I think it does lend itself to that. And uh, even though it was excruciating to go through the info, I think there was some interesting info yeah. for the the series there. Um, I don't even remember anything before Honor. That must have been in like a splash reel. Th- um, that's what we're watching is the splash reel. Yeah. For all um, their games. Yeah. Uh, the Heartland thing for uh, Division is interesting, but does not pique my interest a whole lot because it's a free-to-play game, and I'm not big on that kind of thing. But uh, I am curious about it. But I would rather just a Division Three. Um, the Mario Rabbids game looks cool. I jokingly said in the beginning that you know this might be the best thing they show off, and it kind of was one of the best things they showed off, in my opinion. Um, Skull and Bones is looking fun enough, but uh, I also don't have huge hype for it, so um, I will probably pick it up and try it out um, when it comes out. Outside of that. I feel like the presentation was full of way too much fat, way too much buffer room, uh, too much um, community commentary, which I guess if you do feel passionate about being part of the Ubisoft community, this was for you, but I don't know anybody who feels that passionate about that. I definitely don't. So it felt like a waste of time for me and it felt fake. So it didn't feel sincere. To actors for that amount of time is exhausting. Yeah, that was like, that was egregiously long. 
Yeah. I, a lot of presentations will have a little thing that happens. Xbox does it sometimes, whatever. But that there was more of that in this presentation than there was games and gameplay. Yeah. Um, and it just was almost insulting. Uh, we did get a lot of announcements, a lot of things talked about. There's a lot of games revealed um, and talked about because Ubisoft has a lot of things to offer. But uh, I really feel like they wasted a lot of my time with the way they did this presentation. Um, but overall, there was some stuff there that I don't regret watching this for. But uh, goddamn, I probably should have just looked up what was announced and took those videos and watched those <laughs> instead of watching this whole presentation because it was garbage. Um, we always and, watch the presentation, so. Yeah, exactly. I happen. typically, I, I almost never skip parts of presentations, though. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a whole new era uh, for me, uh, recognizing I can do that if I need to. Um, those are my thoughts, and I would give this presentation a D minus. Oof. I, um, I hated this. I thought it was awful. It was pretty bad. There was some cool stuff in there, though. I'm not the D minus isn't for the announcements, the presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so yeah, Rabbids looks good, um, and they talked about it in great detail and yep. in a non boring way. Yep. So thank you. Early on, so they yeah. kind of lied to us about what the pace is going to be like. <laughs> um, what they do after this, they did. Uh, um, shoot, I forgot. Brain, please. Uh, I can't remember. But then they did Riders Republic, which I'm not like big into, but I'm glad they're supporting a game. Um, you know, like that. There's not a lot of like. I think they showed off uh, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. That's what the it Bone was. Zone. Yeah, that's what they should have called um, it. And though it did nothing for me personally, it was good that they talked about being able to mm -hmm. play it the way you want to play it. You can do PvE, VP, or just PvE. Um, that's great. Um, yeah, then they talked a little bit about Division, but there was really nothing there for me. I, I've been done with Division for a while, um, unless they show something that's just mind-blowing. I'm just kind of not. Um, there's no excitement there. That being said, you know, if the free-to-play one comes out and, and enough people are like, yeah, it's fun, I'd probably check it out. Um, but I'm not like, yeah, there's no excitement. Yeah. It just seems like too much of an experiment to try and get people to play division who weren't playing already. So they're like, make it free to play, just make it some small rural town. And, uh, they'll probably have a lot of the same shit that's in division two in it. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're going to have more people because of free to play just yeah. period. So, um, what else? Uh, I don't care about Just Dance, and I don't care about the guitar game. I can't remember what it's called now. Rocksmith, I think. Yeah. Um, they're just not, you know, I don't have any issue with them. They're just not for me. Uh, in fact, I'm very impressed that Just Dance has lasted as long as it has, which is which is great. Cause, Who's you know, playing with what? I think most people play probably on Switch, I'd assume, but you can play so it on I everything. Are you using the controllers or the is there a camera? Like I don't even know what the hell you do with that game. I mean, I don't either because I don't play it. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's existed for a while for a reason. I think it's a good like family friendly like game. It helps people be sure. active, stuff like that. I got so. no problem with uh, active games like that. Yeah, and then uh, unless I'm wrong, oh, they did the Rainbow Six thing, which was a complete snooze fest for me the whole time. All the mobile that stuff was, was super bad. Yeah. Uh, and then Assassin's Creed, though very lengthy, um, there were some gems in that there. That could have been its own presentation. It pretty much was its own the, presentation. Like, they even called it something different. It's like yeah. they shoved them all together. They're like, this is the Assassin's Creed 15th anniversary presentation. Yeah, and um, as much as I hated sitting through it, there were bits in there. I 
I would have never expected to maybe want to play an Assassin's Creed, and I, I maybe want to play two. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> well, and having asked for a Japanese Assassin's Creed for so long, like everybody else, yeah. I kind of feel like, well, they're they're going to deliver it, so I probably should play it. Yeah, one, well, I, in all fairness, outside of the size of the, the RPGs they've made, I've only heard good things about mm. all three of them. So, Yeah, I like uh, them. Yeah, and so like I have nothing to lose in that regard. I just mm. know how I am with with uh, specifically open world Western RPGs. I'm very prone to not finishing them. So yeah, um, but if it's in a setting I enjoy, I'm going to be more more interested, right? Um, and I think them doing the Valhalla setting was smart too because a lot of people were into that. Yep. Um, but then yeah, the more story centric one um, I'm interested in just because like. I mean, I, I play even role-playing games, but in general, I play a lot of games for story, or I usually play them for co-op. Those are kind of my big two drivers for games. Yeah. So, um, I'm interested for sure. But overall, I have to agree. The presentation was fucking awful. Yeah, I feel like I I've been sitting here way too long, yeah. and I shouldn't feel like that because sometimes I'll watch like a 20, 30 minute video, and when it's over, I'm like, that was 20 minutes. Yeah, we're about five minutes. Yeah, ago. yeah. exactly. But this, <laughs> I was like. Have I been here for four hours? Yeah. Like, was, how long is this tasty cast? It was it was poorly done. Um, yeah. So, I probably agree. Um, presentation was a. I I do think it could be worse. So yeah, it doesn't fail. So D minus. I, I was thinking <laughs> about I was thinking about giving it an F, but I'm like, there's things I like about yeah. it. Like I can't I can't just fail it. It wasn't like a complete shit show, but like goddamn, it's just like this is what I want presentations not to be. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not here to watch like you're here to watch a show, but you're not here to watch like a production. It, like all the PR stuff and community stuff sounds like just shit that I would be hearing if I worked for Ubisoft. Yeah. I feel like I was sitting in like a boardroom meeting where they're like, here at Ubisoft, it, we'd like blah, 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 it's blah. It's 100% like shareholder friendly stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, so. dude, I'm not that audience, dude. I'm just looking to buy your fucking games. Sell yeah. them. Yeah. As a consumer, fucking snooze fest, man. Yeah. 100%. Okay, well, we both got things out of this, uh, even though the presentation uh, was handled poorly. Um, so that's an interesting thing. Um, but overall, uh, yeah, the future of Assassin's Creed is interesting at the very least. So that's uh, good to know. I have been kind of worried ever since I heard about Project Infinity, what they're even planning on doing. And it does sound like they're trying to make a hub where all the games are going to be at. But uh, as to why they're doing that... We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else? Probably wrap this up soon. Yep, I gotta go start packing. Pack and shave my face. All right, well, let us know in the comments what you guys think of Ubisoft Forward. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Uh, maybe you loved the whole thing. Let me know why. If you didn't like it, let me know why as well. We sure as hell let you know why we didn't like it for a long time. And uh, what'd you get out of it? Is there anything that's exciting for you? Um, anything. Uh, that, uh, you know, piqued your interest, maybe, you know, the next Assassin's Creed, maybe you're playing some of these games that already exist that they're going to be adding new seasons to. Um, and yeah, what's something you wish they would have shown, like Beyond Good and Evil 2? Um, that game's just not, doesn't exist. Um, 
And yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of TasteCast, episode 172. As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on our streams and uh, socials, link down below. Um, check out our Discord, link down below as well. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form. And we have a Patreon. If you'd like to support the channel more than liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribe if you're brand new, check out my TikTok. It's Tasty Senpai. Uh, I think that's my name, but the thing is actually Tasty Gaming make original stuff there and uh, vote for game of the month. Just type in a game right now in the comments, any game, and uh, it will be put on a list to be voted for later and expect uh, the next week uh, in terms of content being released on this channel to be kind of off uh, what we typically do because we will be on vacation and uh, we'll be back and we'll be ready to talk to you guys again. Uh, But I've been Seth. This has been Chevy. Thank you for joining me, Chevy. Thank you for joining me, everybody who watched this. Until the next episode, have a good one, guys, and take it easy.